During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 46. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Yeah. We're reunited again. Mm-hmm. No more Marty. Well, yeah. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff getting in our way. Yeah, dear Marty. Come on. Nice try. You can't fill that. You can't fill that beard rule. Send you back to AAA Columbus. Now, here's the here's the thing about it. We Later appreciate on. Altano and, and Marty filling in. But what Gentlemen. I thought was interesting Gentlemen is, and scholars. is episode, what, 47? 46. 46? So we went 43 episodes. Oh, wait, you know, it might be 47. We did. We did. We did 40. <laughs> Look it up. You got the thing. I think because what, what I do is I always name the document. Sometimes I, I forget to jump in and change what the number is on the show thing. Well, let me look up the answer first. Thank you very much. I think it's going to be seven. P.S. I love you. What was the art for P.S. I love you last week? Uh, it was Abzu. No, no, yeah, yeah no, 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 yeah. Oh, there it is. Do video game stories suck? Yeah, that was episode forty-six. So this is 47. So this is episode forty-seven. So we've done. 46 episodes up to this point, but it only until 44 did we not do it together. And yeah. then in three weeks, we did yeah. two episodes not together. Yeah. Sucks. And we're going to do another one, I think, really soon. Actually, we're not. Next week, next I'm week. doing it with Vince and Janito. Yeah. So you're. This is now everything's all fucked up. It's not. We should just can't, Let's up. cancel the show. Okay. I would love to go to bed right now <laughs> not, and not edit this video. I'll totally fucking ch- let's cash cancel, out. Let's cancel the show and just go about our business. Colin? Let me go ahead and mute that. Thank you. It does me well to see you. No, it does me it's well to see you. It's been a while. It has been. Bring me up to speed. What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot. I've been like on a gaming binge. Uh, can't escape Downwell still. Still mm, not mm. very good at it. Finally got to like the third world out of four. I'm like, really? That game haunts me. Yeah. And how people are saying like it's hard on Vita. Like I should play it on PS4. Like it's it's too small, you know? Because that, you're does playing, that seem to be a problem? Because you're playing on this small quarter. I don't know. Okay. I'll look for any excuse. Sure. Like I don't like encountering games that I like that I'm not good at. And it's, I'm of not course. trying to brag, but it doesn't happen very often. You are good at games. And so like I, I Downwell haunts my dreams. Like I, I bring it in the bed with me on my Vita and I just play it and just play it. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. why am I, I not getting stop. any better? You know, mm-hmm. like it's a, uh, so, you know, I've been playing that, uh, platinum diam Sitsuna. It's platinum number 54. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a fun one. Uh, a little grindy at times, but, um, you know, the thing about I am Sitsuna, we talked about it at length a few weeks ago. That, yeah. Um, I am, am Sitsuna. <laughs> um, which is accurate because I think it means sorrow or sorrowful. Oh. Um, but uh, the more I played that game, the more I really enjoyed it to where sure. it's now like one of my favorite games. Oh, nice. For sure. um, what I really liked about it is is the the post, not post game, but 
the pre-final boss nature, you can go all the way up to the final boss and then it opens a little portal for you and you can like leave and go back and then it opens up all the side quests for you to do. Now, the game has a lot of fundamental problems. There's no world map, which I think is weird. I do have a problem with the leveling structure and, and all the you know items. It's rough around the edges, but it hits on what you were it's talking about. It's by no means a fantastic game. But yeah, it's comfort food, and, as, as Alexa Ray put it. And I feel like uh, I just appreciated it the more I played. And so I beat it and I beat the, the optional bosses at all the side quests. I uh, got all the trophies and... Um, and uh, I really liked it. I played Abzu oh, and beat it. I've played that Abzu. Yeah, that was my thing too. I did a Gamescast topic it's with. A, what a try-hard game! That I, I don't mean. I don't, I don't mean offensively. To, I sure. know they worked hard. I know these guys also. A lot of these, you know, some of these guys came from that game company. From that game company. Shocking when you play it. It's I like, mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I, you and I have not talked about this game. I p- talked at length with Tim about it. Uh, my whole thing is like, it felt like. A, a lesser journey underwater like it was like it, it, it not beat for beat but like definitely in those things where it's like now this, we're gonna pull back to show you how the scale of the whales and you know i'm like i get it and like, yeah it's just cooler in journey though i just feel like we already it's like it's like uh bizarro world is seinfeld where it's like we already have a george yeah yeah it's like we already have a journey yeah we already have that game and uh, I know that we seem to be in the minority on it. It seems like a lot of people find Abzu at the very least to be a tranquil and cerebral kind of game at the yeah. very most to be one of the great games of the year or a journey like game. And I think it's a journey like game, but I don't think that not it has the emotional anything on yeah, no, no, That's the thing that had no, no emotional resonance. Exactly, exactly. Journey was just sucked me in. It made me upset. It made me. You cried. Yeah, it was fucking sad. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. just like, it was just a, I, I, I didn't think about playing it. I didn't think about it. didn't feel like I was playing anything in that game. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abzu feels like a game. Yeah. And it has collectibles. I know you can ignore these things, but I'm like, these things already make it gamey. And then I feel like it's kind of the plot from flower. Like the Bringing, world's polluted and the water's put now the water's put. Sure. And I'm like, okay. And then, well, then there's like, there's the cave paintings too, that are so much like journey of you see the shark, but it's not like the, the story they're telling isn't even as interesting as journeys was where no. it's like, what is happening here? I'm like, all right, I gotta go at this light. There's a and, bunch of light in people's chests. And the thing about Abzu is that the controls are clunky. Like there, mm. there was times there was a specific trophy I was just trying to get. I, I got fifty percent of the trophies. I was like, the, the game doesn't track your collectibles. I'm like, there's no way in God's green earth I'm going back and getting all that shit. So I just got I cleaned up a few of the trophies. And one of the trophies was like in the last chapter to jump on this iceberg where there's like a polar bear. And it took me five minutes to jump on. Like I'm like, why won't you just grab the edge? And then he's like going under and like, and I'm like, just grab the fucking edge. There, it's why does it have to feel like this? Why does that no, feel so? No, I hear you. No, I, I, when, when I, I was playing it and when I was doing it, yeah, I was having those same control issues where it's like I'm going and then it's like I started doing like the 360 and I'm like, no, 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 I just wanted you to go up. Like, fuck, all right, well, we're going through that, we're doing this over here. So that weird, was the thing you were, I, the, you're, I was cognizant the whole time I'm playing a game, yeah. And and so I, I, I don't mean to be disparaging, they seem like very nice people that made the game, it's their first game, I think. Squid, giant squid, is that mm-hmm, what it's called? Mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's kind of first fun. game is that studio, yeah. It's kind of funny, like Giant Sparrow is a derivative of then. The, so it's like a, it's a whole thing. But nonetheless, uh, first effort, right? Like we always yeah. talk about flow. Yeah, exactly. Which is like exactly. not even really very good. Yeah. And that turned into flower and then that turned into journey. And that turns into like whatever they're having a fucking nervous breakdown probably about over there now. Because yeah. I wouldn't want to release another game after journey. But um, so I played Abzu. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, and then I, this morning, I couldn't sleep this morning. So that's when I woke up and I grinded the last trophy and I am Setsuna. And then gotcha. I played, I downloaded only 3.7 gigabytes, uh, No, no Man's Man Sky. Sky. Now, I got, to, when you guys went to lunch, I took a break from getting the stuff together and I played the opening of No Man's Sky. And I'm not even out of that yet. I still need to get fucking, 
Hyperion, whatever the fuck, the 200 units yeah, of it. Yeah, to get, fix your ship. Yeah, and it popped up there, and it's got a t- countdown clock to it. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I'm just walking. It's always in the, the fucking... Yeah, you got to get in there. your ship and get to that, because it's going to take you forever. Okay. The, so I played for about an hour. Yeah. Now, my impression's extremely preliminary. Sure, of about course. About as preliminary as possible. Well, no, mine are even more preliminary than yours. <laughs> I'm. Uh, it's pros and cons, like Kevin. Like Kevin. I can already see this game developing exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. It's a grind for resources. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's going to harken back to the that the explorative nature that some games always tap into, um, but like to the nth degree. I'm like sca- I'm scouring this random moon or something. I'm finding life that I'm scanning, and then I have to shoot the rocks to get yeah. things to break down to get iron like, to get plutonium. I, I get it. Like I like I think see the problem I'm I'm, I'm reaching with No Man's Sky. Already, I'm gonna dedicate some time to it tonight and really see how I play. Too, I want to yeah. play it for a few hours and like really like see yeah. Um, is that there's just too many other games that are like I want to really? play that game brutal. I want to mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. Hyper Light Drifter, um, really bad. So like, there's just other stuff that's kind of like percolating right now. See, I think I'm gonna go the opposite of it, where there is other stuff that I sh- I want to play, and there's a bunch of stuff coming up. But I think No Man's Sky, from what I played, it seemed like it had the hooks of me. That you know, I, I liked Minecraft. I like that kind of thing, and I'm anxious to get the ship up and running. And like that's the thing is like I I'm anxious to get this podcast done and get it cooking and, and eat dinner so I can sit down and play it right. and actually d- d- devote the time it deserves and needs to actually get into and figure what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I can respect that. I, I think the the thing with me is that it, in a positive way, it's in my head. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, huh, there's nothing. I've never played a game like this. I can already tell I've never played a game like this. Mm-hmm. I like the way it opens when you're just drifting through the stars. You see all the different... And, but And I like the distances. Like you haven't gotten off a planet yet, but like the distances involved and everything is pretty cool. Like yeah. you really have to like fucking tear it up to get to like anywhere like it's just like the game is so slow otherwise you have to use your 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 space warp drive whatever i don't fucking know what hyperspace warp drive uh but i feel like it's going to appeal to the procedural nature of like and i don't mean procedurally generated i mean a procedural like i do this to get this then i get this exactly and i do this there's all it's a game of carrots on sticks right exactly and and so the thing that disturbs me about it well, two things, interesting things. First of all, the whole rollout of the game has been really weird. Uh, you and I talked about it a little bit this weekend, but I've never seen Sony treat a game like this mm-hmm. in a decade, almost a decade of a lot of, a lot of emails from Sony. Yeah, about like this a lot of weirdness reviewing. about it. Like, and I understand that the game leaked early. There's a huge day one patch. They're resetting the servers, all those kinds of things. But I was like, huh, like it's very weird what's going on with this game. And and then second, um, and I think maybe more fundamental and more important to it is that people already have the platinum trophy. Mm-hmm. Now the game has been out for, for a lot, some people for about a week or a better part of a week. So, I mean, it's possible, but I'm like, that's interesting. Like I was looking at the trophies today just to see, I'm like, no one can have like some of these trophies, right? And it's like, no, 0.1% of people already have the platinum yeah. and like every, some of these trophies have, you know, I'm like, that's interesting too. So maybe the rumors of like, you're going to see everything in 30 or 40 hours is true, but we'll see- have hooks beyond that. I still think, I, this game still strikes me, and, and Sean Murray said himself it's going to be divisive. I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this game is going to suffer mightily from its expectations, similar to how I think The Last Guardian is also going well, to Well, I want to get into all that, but yeah, I think the thing about it, like when Sean Murray demoed it for me, Kevin, and I think just us for kind of funny, at E3 two, two years ago, it was the conversation of what this game launches at and what it looks like six months and a year from now is different things. And so I understand the basic, having a basic trophy list, you know what I mean? If you can platinum in 30 hours, that's fine. I think personally don't, get yeah, it wrong. I mean, but it is the idea that 
they're going to keep rolling out these updates that will continue to make the game better and do these different things and make it so you want to get back into it and find out this new planet, find these new creatures, you know, blow up whatever the hell it's going to be that way. Yeah, I want to I want to name my planets. I want to name it. See, the thing, the thing is, is that if, if you're looking for a density, a volume of things to do, it seems like there's a lot to do in the game. Yeah. Like in an hour, I was already feeling almost overwhelmed where I'm like, I have all these resources. I found these things that are asking me to build these grenades now or something. I have this new space drive. I got to go into space and there's a beacon that's there's a space station in the other direction. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. And then there's a moon and like, and I'm like, what the, you know, like, so you could definitely get lost. I mean, there's definitely a lot to do whether or not I'm like going to, you know, feel like I'm going to kill myself in five hours after doing it. Well, that's the kind of gamer you are, right? Where I think you can, if you want to go through and critical path, this thing in 30 hours, you get the platinum, but you're not that guy. You are the guy of every beacon that pops up. You're going to need to go. Yeah. So I just every planet you're about to pass. Like, but what if something cool is there? You're going to turn off. So the the thing is about it is maybe similar to Witcher three is that maybe it's me. Yeah. You know, but like I have no, I have no real negative impression of the game yet. I just can see, how I think this is going to go. We'll talk more about it in the next week or two, I'm sure. Sure. Well, it won't be yeah. Next week, but the week after that, when we have played more games, cast updates, I'm sure. And things sure. Like that as we so go. I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing more, but it's certainly in my mind, which is more than I can say about a lot of games. So yeah, it's definitely, and that's the whole thing is this is a game that I've been anticipating for a long time. And it is a game now that I've had a taste of. I want more of, which is not something that doesn't happen often, but lately I have been doing that thing of like, Oh, gal gun. Great. And I put it in and I play it and I'm like, all right, cool. I know what this song is. You know I mean? I'm based on this one note. I know what the song is. I'm not really, anxious to get back to it i'll do it in the even thing with with um downwell yes sir let me give him one more shout out before we go well, I, I have oh, a bunch have of no man's sky's questions well we, why is kevin in my head fuck no man's sky let's get there's no man's sky in the oh you want to save for that report. all right then give me one more shout out well the, the shout out i want to give is to renegade kid the developer um mutant muds deluxe yeah and mutant muds super challenge 100 in mutant muds deluxe which was you know so then we talked about this on colin and greg right just want to give a shout out to that game it's really really good on vita and i want people to you know we have a way bigger audience here than we do on colin and greg so i want to reiterate that it came out 2013 on vita and ps3 it, i think it's available on ds or 3ds and wii U or something but uh really fun game and then they just released super challenge last week and what's so funny about this game what i think so daring and weird about it is that it's so fucking hard like if you if you never played to the very end and did everything in super in mutant muds like the game's gonna just kick your ass, and I I think that's kind of interesting that they just yeah. released a game that's not obviously, and the new ones on PS4 and Vita not obviously a, a like a continuation. You think it was just a sequel? It's gonna be easy in the beginning, and gets harder at the end. It's just, it kicks your ass at the very beginning. I've already died. Like, that's respectable. You figure the people who are gonna pick it up are probably the people who picked up the first one. Yeah. So if you like platformers uh, with basic mechanics but very hard difficulty, you're basically going through these stages, collecting a hundred coins, and getting to the end. It's they're fun. They're good on Vita. I think okay. you might like them. So that's that's basically it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is KindOfFunny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation Podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames and MP3 podcast services around the globe. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate us on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, housekeeping for you today, the topic of the show, tots, 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 is going to be Iron Galaxy. Dave Lang, Adam Boys, and Chelsea Blasco all stop by to talk about, for Adam, what's life like after PlayStation and what's going on at Iron Galaxy, what it's like to be an indie studio in Chicago trying to make it, and where they're going from here, because they've been making interesting moves lately, Colin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. They've been becoming kind of like a, they seem to be shaping up to be like an insomniac 
uh, like yeah. a, a big independent studio. Exactly. An independent. That's working with everyone. In fact, Insomniac might be the perfect parallel to them. Exactly. Yeah. They've just opened up an Orlando office. They're, you know, moving on, getting bigger and yeah, try, starting out in that point of like, what is their future and how do they do this? Yeah. And some interesting things about the business of games coming up. Cool. They talk about. But first, let's start the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. There are 11 items on the list. A baker's dozen in your fucking face. Baker's dozen if your baker hates you. Uh, number one. It appears that PlayStation 4 Neo's official reveal <gasps> is less than a month away. Word comes by way of Vice, which reports alongside French gaming website Gameblog. It's a very original name. You know that what? Come Neo on, will, you get that URL. You got to keep it. You got, I mean, definitely. <laughs> that Neo will be revealed to the press and public at an event on September 7th in New York City. The official name of the new PS4 iteration is still unknown. It's worth noting that PlayStation 4 was itself revealed at an event in New York City in early 2013. This could be Sony's way of keeping the good energy moving with the console by going back to the place where it all began. Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting that they're doing it in New York, and I like that. Um, The interesting thing that the story said to me, and I don't know if you saw this, was that dev kits will be going out, final dev kits will be going out around the same time. Does this indicate that the system doesn't come out this year? Um, Yes, I think it does, don't you? I do do too. I mean, I think that's, I don't want to say it's obvious, but I think it would be really weird. I mean, uh, Tim made the point on Colin and Greg Live this morning, which I think is an apt point that Microsoft revealed the S and then reveal and then released it, you know, later. But I feel like this console is a more—it's uh, got to be more reactionary to Scorpio. Yeah, this is an analog to Scorpio. So I feel like they are—I I feel like the components are already made. I don't know if they can like basically bring this back to the drawing board, but maybe they're just giving it more time. I would love for it to come out on October thirteenth. That would be ideal for they, VR. With VR, it would be fucking awesome. I'd love that. I buy them both, but. I'm already getting VR, but I'd buy the Neo. I'm going to buy the Neo when it comes out. But um, so do you. So you've now changed for a long time. You were talking about you thought it was going to be this year. Regard no, come hell or high water. Does this make you? Do you think it is then September the reveal and then that if if they were like it's September seventh and we're going to reveal it, then I would think and that was the only the information we had. I'd be like, yeah, it's going to come out this year. But yeah, that dev kit thing kind of threw me for a loop. Where I'm like, well, are the games ready? Like you're going to re- you're the dev kits. Let's say they go out now. You're going to have these guys. And I'm sure they're building, uh, benchmarking the games on PC to, to work yeah. on what, what you know, I'm sure that, I mean, that's what games are made, but are they then going to have five, six, seven, eight weeks to make sure these things run and then get them through certification and then get the patches out and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. It seems like a pretty tight window. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I don't know. Maybe February comes out now. But the the interesting thing, they're talking about final, near fi- or final dev kits going out, right? Maybe that's what's going out to third parties. Maybe it is the fact that the Trojan horse is that they have been, you know, Naughty Dog had to do this and like they have an Uncharted and they have this and they have, you know, so there is this thing of all of a sudden you, PlayStation Neo comes out on October 13th. It makes VR better and all these other games are there. Because remember, the rumor had been forever, what, that it was end of September? You had to have the patch in? You had yeah, to, you, so, yeah. So it could be it that. It sounds right. It sounds like it could be that people have done it and now they're getting more dev kits out. People, you know, they do have this team of partners they've been working with to mm-hmm. make sure that they had content at launch. But you figure... A nicer PlayStation 4 that runs better and does VR doesn't necessarily need that you need Neo-enabled Splash games on day one. Yeah, we'll see how it all works. I mean, missing the holiday season for hardware sales would be weird. It's not the first time Vita, for instance, missed Christmas, but um, so, I mean, it wouldn't be unprecedented, but you'd think they'd want to get it out in the fall. So we'll see. uh, Substantial. Patrick Kleppick wrote the story, so it's a substantial piece of news. By the way, congratulations to me. Went uh, over to Vice from Kotaku. Hanging out with that Austin Walker fella. Uh, so uh, we'll have more on that. I assume I assume that everything's going to be start trickling out. We haven't gotten our invites to the... Uh, I assume we'll be invited to it. I don't know if we'll we fucking go. Uh, but um, maybe we will. I don't think there's any, really any reason for us to go. Trip to New York for you. Mm. 
You get to go see dad. See what old onion man's up to. Yeah, I could. I could do that. Go eat at a diner. Oh, that'd be nice. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I'd like that. Number two, No Man's Sky launches this week and it's coming with a massive patch titled Update 1.03. It's a notable patch because of how much it seems to change the game and how close to launch it came, forcing Sony to withhold copies from the press until the morning of Monday, August 8th. So this morning as we're recording this, less than a day before it becomes publicly available. Um, and it's worth noting that Kotaku and Polygon and some other outlets found it in the wild and bought it. A lot of people found it in the wild. Um, so they're here's basically what it says. So it says, here's what Hello Games Sean Murray had to say about the patch and what the patch includes. And I thought this was interesting in, in part over at nomansky.com. It says, uh, when we went gold five or six weeks ago, we posted on Twitter and literally every reply was like, hope you're going on a nice holiday. Some of us have, but I didn't want to. Not yet. I picture myself somewhere staring out into the window thinking about this game I've been working on for five years. We're under a pretty intense spotlight right now, and hopefully it's easy to imagine how hard it would be to switch off from that or how deeply we care about people's first impression of the game. In fact, most of us were back here the day after we went gold working on this update. We're, we're already proud of what we put on the disc, but if we had time, why not continue to update it? Hello Games will continually update No Man's Sky this way. This is the first of many. It will be available on Monday for press for review once it ex- exits submission and on launch for public on PC and PS4. We expect future updates like these to continue to be free. Yep. For 99.9% of people, all you have to do is install the update before you begin to play. And then this is what I thought was interesting. And this this actually this actually spawned an interesting um article at Kotaku that by Rami Ismail from Vlambeer yeah. uh, about and I I tweeted it out so people can check it out about what certification is and why patches might become so loaded and so late and so heavy and so big. Nonetheless, I feel like this is a little ridiculous because this patch, according to these notes, changes a ton of shit Every in game. the last five weeks. They cha- so I th- I don't know if you think this is weird, guys. This I thought this was weird. Lay it on me. It says the three paths. There are now new unique paths you can follow throughout the game. You must start the game on a fresh save with the patches. Early choices have significant impact on what you see later in the game and the overall experience. The universe. It says we change the rules of the universe generation algorithm. Planets have moved. Environments have changed biomes. Galaxies have altered shape all to cater greater variety earlier. Galaxies are now up to 10 times larger. Diversity. Creatures are now more diverse in terms of ecology and densities on planets. Planets. We've added dead moons, low atmosphere, and extreme hazardous planets. Extreme hazards include blizzards and dust storms. Atmosphere. Space, nighttime, and day skies are now four times more varied due to new atmospheric system, which refracts light more accurately to allow for more intense sunsets. Planet rotation. Playtesting has made it obvious people are struggling to adjust to this during play, so its effects have been reduced further. Terrain generation. Caves up to 128 meters tall are now possible. Geometric anomalies have been added. Underwater erosion now leads to more interesting seabeds. Oh. Ship diversity. A wider variety of ships appear per star system and are available to purchase. Cargo and install technology now vary more and ships have more unique attributes. It goes on. Inventory, trading, feeding, survival, graphical effects, balancing, combat, space combat, exploits, stability, space stations, networking, ship scanning, flying over terrain, and writing. That's a little ridiculous. Like, I, 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 like, it seems huge. Yeah, that's uh, the stuff in there does seem game change, game changing. I could literally what I read. I could literally read two times more of that, and that's sure. like all the deep notes that they have about everything. Right. Change. So you feel it. I mean, but I feel like most of these systems that they're doing, they must have known as they were building up to it, right? That we're close, but we're not there, and we need to get in, and we need to get this game going, get out the base model that we can then add to, and put this kind of stuff in there. Perspective can be garnered from the article I talked about on Kotaku. If the, if, if certification was the reason, which it might be. The game's being treated like a first-party game, so I think that they probably would have gotten around some of that at least. But um, nonetheless, I thought that that the, the criticism about the na- necessary nature of that patch seems to be not on point, but 
but I understand why you would feel that way. Cause I, when I saw that, I was like, that's ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's, I mean, it is kind of par for the course in 2016. I feel like, right. That you put, you make the game you make and you put it out and then here you have to build on it to get it out to do all these things. Here's your giant updates and yep. all these different things. Yep. 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 Colin, would you like a bevy of no man's sky sure. questions? Would you like to start with no man's skies, physical form, sure. marketing, procedurally generated games, or more than one person reviewing yeah, it? The first one physical. David from England, Oi Governor, writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read and says, Hi, Greg and Colin. Hi. No Man's Sky is released on te- the 10th of August. Ugh. I have pre-ordered this game digitally, and I am actually looking forward to playing it. However, it seems like a lot of stores have started to sell this game in physical form already, breaking the release embargo, thus destroying what should be a fantastic launch day for Hello Games, and not to mention people being able to play the game I paid more for. So, I could have downloaded it and be ready to go on release day. Firstly, why have these retailers been dicks? And secondly, does this give Sony more of a reason to go digitally only, digital only? It definitely makes me less likely to buy the di- buy from dick retailers in the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know that this is going to have long-term effects for Sony, but like I said, they seemed authentically stressed out that yeah. like this game was in the wild. Like, and I, I, We've known people there for a long time. We've been covering PlayStation for a long time. PS4 games and PS3 games and Vita games and PS2 games have gone out early and people, but like they seemed especially stressed out about this because they knew about this, right? They knew about this patch and that was the whole thing of trying like keeping games until at the last second to give to a reviewer makes sense when you know something like this is coming and you know the game's going to be markedly different if not better based on what's about to happen so yeah then to have stores out there selling it are the stores being dicks no i don't think so i think it's the fact that they got their copies they put them out and then the genie's out of the bottle and you can't like call a chain store and be like you fucked up and then have them go out to every store like you know it just doesn't work you yeah, can't make that happen you can't do that and then not to mention then people are playing it and streaming it and this and it's happening and then it is a a real marketing snafu a real marketing problem for them a real pr problem for them of then yeah the press goes and buys it and then they start reviewing off of that but you have to have 15 fucking emails from sony being like this isn't final and this is what you need to know and da 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 yeah it was great the, the sequence of emails were interesting to me just from the what the 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 concern nature of it like it was it wasn't it didn't seem very pr like it was almost like the games it was almost like the game like trust us the game's not done yeah. like yeah yeah um and uh i thought that that was that was pretty it was pretty interesting to watch i texted you about this weekend i'm yeah. like i've never seen them do this before and i feel like um, that goes into the next question here from mad minis what's up everybody what are your opinions about the way Sony and Hello Games handled the marketing and announcements for No Man's Sky from the first announcement so very long ago to the final push before the release we're seeing now? And then he says, at Madman Mims. See, it helps out when you intercap it like you did here. But like in your bad, kind of funny username, it's all shoved in there. And I ain't got time to fucking right, sign right, that right. out. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, we've talked about this before, obviously. Marketing got out of hand quickly with No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. And expectations got so fucking high. And that's why so many people are going to be devastated today when they play this game. So many people are going to play this and it's not going to be the end all be all they wanted it to be. Whereas folks like Kevin and I who did the demo are like, oh, this seems like it'll be fun. Whatever. I don't blame Hello Games for that. I think Hello Games, like, you're... You're a small studio. You're making this game. You're really proud of it. And Sony's like, we're going to give you stage time at E3 and this show and another E3 and that. And we're going to get behind it. We're going to push it. We're going to act like that. You're like, yes, please do that for my game. Please make my game a big deal. And then they get there and then expectations run away. Like it's also this hard thing of like, 
how much do they get to say? How, where do they want it? When do they? When does Sean Murray get to talk about this and reel people back in? I think that got away from him, and that's a direct reason why the, Sony PR was all over this this weekend. Of like, hey, everybody, the game's not. This is, wait till the patch comes out. Otherwise, even if you're even if with the patch you play the game and you're like, this doesn't live up to expectations. Imagine what that game without the patch is like, or it's even it's even less. And it is that kid who bought the copy off eBay for thirteen hundred dollars and then gets up and he's like. It's 30 hours. It's broken. I'm there's bugs. I'm finding all over the place. This comes in. You hopefully fix it. Yeah. First of all, you have to be a straight fucking moron to buy a game for thirteen hundred dollars. That's going to be out in 10 days. Just throwing that out. There. Okay. Just I, I don't you think 100 percent. I mean, that's like, well, I don't know. You're a moron. You, you're an excited the fan. Game's been in development for five years. You can't wait 10 more days. <laughs> you're going to part with one thousand two hundred and forty dollars more than you have to play the game 10 days. Are going to be cool for a little while on the Internet? Trust me, sir. I know what it's like to be cool on the Internet. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't have any idea what it's like to be cool on the internet. Now, one of the things I told you before, which I think is interesting and puts this into and puts this into perspective and put it in perspective for me in a way yeah. was I went to the credits in No Man's Skies. Mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier and I was and I was waiting for them to scroll and they don't. It's literally like just one, it's just like, a static page. Yeah, it's literally like maybe 15 or 20 names. And I'm like, OK, so this team really is small. I expected. I mean, I'm sure that's not everyone like I'm but I'm like, I expected significant outsourcing. I expected maybe even a first party studio or a second party studio kind of silently working on this game with them yeah. in terms of not, not making it, but like assets and you know, all that QAing I'm sure was done internally, but um, and so the game I feel like was very ambitious. I mean, these are the guys that did Joe danger and it's not a bad game, but, but I mean, not people, people actually world. love that game, but yeah. it's, but it's what up Damon Hatfield, but I'm like, this game seems so very ambitious for your studio yeah. size. And I feel like, I don't know for sure. I think we're going to find out. A story will be told about this. I'm not going to tell it, but I'm sure someone will tell the story that this game changed like probably multiple times Mm. in the back. Like it became bigger and more ambitious. Sony got involved. Sony started putting money into it and funding. And then they probably like this ping pong battle where everyone's like, well, we got the money and now we got to make the game bigger. And well, the game's bigger. And so we got to market it more. And well, now we're marketing more. So now the expectations are higher. Now the expectations are higher. So I feel like things maybe got a little bit out of control. And I really do feel like there's going to be a profound sense of disappointment with this game, because as you said, no matter how good it is, and I think the game's no less than good from what I'm playing so far, very early, very preliminary. People expected. I remember, like when we were at E3 in what 2013 or whatever, when the game was revealed. Game of the show, right? Everyone's like, everyone's like, and I'm like, why are you so excited? Like, I, I don't, I don't get why everyone's so excited about this game. Like, we don't. And every year, everyone's like, it's so. And I'm like, you guys got to fucking check yourselves if you think that this is. Good. It never works out the way. Well, we that think was it's the thing when out. I went, when Kevin and I went to that demo in 2015 when we sat down. I'm like, so what is this game? I see the presentations and I know I don't know what is the moment to moment gameplay of it to get there and finally sit and, you know, slowly walk across the planet and then like the, you know, the winds blow in the grass and I'm scanning fucking anteaters or whatever and then running from space cops or whatever. It's like, okay, now I see what this is. But yeah, this isn't this game that is going to be the end all be all to necessarily for me. It's going to be fun. I want to play it. I'm excited. I want, you know, I want to do all this stuff and get in there and get deeper into it. But yeah, the pe- the way people's expectations ran yeah. away with them. That's what I'm afraid of for people. Is not yeah. that they, I don't think the game's going to be bad. I, I don't think the game's going to be mediocre. I think the game's probably going to be very good. But yeah, expectations are going to be a problem with this game. And so I I think everyone's culpable. But I think really it's Sony's fault. And and but also it's the development cycle's fault. It's uh, people have not been pri- people are not privy even a few years ago to what they're privy to now, which is that like just shut the fuck up for a little while. Like right. go away and and don't say anything until the game's ready to be shown. Um. And uh, I think that they suffered from that mistake. But I also think this is one of the last games we're going to see with that kind of mistake mm-hmm. um, as well, because you're seeing um, cards held closer to the chest. And I think uh, re- releases being more imminent to the re- to to the actual availability of the game. And so 
So I don't know. It, 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 this will be an interesting case study. The Last Guardian is going to be the same thing, but like way worse. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean like, right? I'm not saying the game's going to be bad or worse. I'm saying it's going to be the, the expectations of that game are so out of control that yeah. I feel like if I was at Sony, if I was Shuhei, I'd be like, just get this. It's honestly one of those. Done with it it's already. one of those interesting things where honestly, I think this has more hype and chance of failure in terms of No Man's Sky, or like expectations, right? Chance of failing expectations. No Man's Sky does than Last Guardian does at this point. Because I think I think for every person who's like. It's this. It's the next Shadow of the Colossus. It's going to be this emotional experience. I think there's a, a number of other people. It's been a decade. I don't trust this game as far as I can fucking throw Studio Japan. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't. I'm not. I hope it's great. I hope everything works out. But I think it's, there's going to be a lot of looky lose. Like, is this a fucking trash heap? Is this a goddamn car accident I'm pulling up on? Oh yeah, that's true. Colin, yes. Over at kindoffunny.com/psq, where people can ask questions. Trey, ID. Actually, maybe he does this. It's either Trey. ID 91 or T read 91 T read. I'm going to say, I think so too. I think so too. He or she says with the release of no man's sky being today and the type of game it is, has any gaming website ever thought about assigning more than one person to do a review with everyone having a different experience with the game? Do you think that by having multiple reviewers discuss their experience, this may give a better understanding and review of what a game is thoughts? No, uh, uh, there are many games where people can have very different experiences. It doesn't mean that the reviews invalidated. It means the reviews from a, a certain perspective. Sure. I can play the uh, tales of exilia and have a totally different experience based on how I played it than someone else, even though it has a narrative. Yeah. Um, I don't buy that, that, that viewpoint you have to take the, you have to take the, the, the review from the perspective of the reviewer and that's it. So you're going to get multiple reviewers. You don't have to have an outlet. Doing that's that. the thing. That's the thing is I think T reads missing what's happening is that's already happening that you have just take, yeah, take Alexa from GameSpot and put it in her, her in a bucket with Vince from IGN and whoever else has reviewed the game, whoever else you trust and like, and go that way. You do have people like kind of funny when we do have a game coming up that we are all into and we want to do something, a review discussion. And if we get access early enough, we try to hit embargo with that, but that's not what drives our business. That's the other thing too, is that I think you're missing is the fact that you got to. I mean, first off, EGM used to do it now was awesome I, I loved the three reviewers and like i'd love when they be very incredibly different scores and try to figure out why and what what you know crispin liked but Shu didn't it's the same thing now just looking at different sites but the problem is that one site doing it the way you're describing it because you figure the way we do discussions the way ign does discussions people do discussions on it but in terms of a reviewer doing it it doesn't work out because it's just man hours when you're putting into this stuff there is a business to be run here and reviews drive traffic and traffic drives clicks and this is how you make your money and you do all these different things off of ads you can't say all right cool like three people are going to stop and play the same 40 hour game and go do that when those other two people could be making other content that could be getting more views adding more people to the review doesn't necessarily give you more views on the review and it's a whole business problem position of how you keep this whole thing going yeah absolutely i mean you can't can't say it any better than that just doesn't make any sense and i don't think you need it i don't think no man's sky is the game that needs that no like, i really don't like I, I don't think it needs it any more than any other game it's going to be it just because it's open world like that's like saying minecraft needs multiple reviewers like no it doesn't it just needs a, it just needs a perspective that's all it sure then just compare the other perspectives final no man's sky question for now colin this one comes from auditor 01 also known as ben he says sup greg and colin mm. Long-time listener, first time writing in. With No Man's Sky releasing this week, I wanted to get your thoughts on procedurally generated games in general. Would you rather play a procedurally generated game or one where each level has been hand-built? For example, games like Counter-Spy, Rogue Legacy, Spelunky, and now No Man's Sky are often advertised as games with quote-unquote infinite level possibilities because the levels slash areas slash planets are procedurally generated. However, does that make a game good? Other platformers and or exploration games such as Mario, Castlevania, The Swapper, Fez, and Inside each ha- each have 
inside have each area and level handcrafted is one way inherently better than the other what are your thoughts thanks for all you do i think one way is inherently better than the other way and i think that is handcrafting sure. stages but um procedurally generated stages and levels and areas make sense in certain kind of the games like yeah no man's sky is just simply too big and ambitious for you to for, what were they gonna make like a thousand planets? they're gonna handcraft all these planets and then yeah. like and then you know that's not enough uh Rogue Legacy is all about, and we love Rogue Legacy. Both we of us do. is all about not being able to master, of not knowing what's there, and unpredictability. Same thing with Binding of Isaac. Same thing with mm-hmm. Nuclear Throne. Mm-hmm. Same thing with all these games you were mentioning. So they're just different, and they approach things differently. It doesn't make them a lesser game because I actually really am fond of a few of those games. But um, if someone was like, you can play a Metroidvania Castlevania game, or you can play uh, a procedurally generated Metroidvania game of some sort, or like, I'd be like, oh, I'll take the Metroidvania game traditional. Every, yeah, but because it comes down to genres, right? And where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, yeah, Axiom Verge, I want to know those levels. I want to have Tom put in secrets. I want all these. But yeah, Rogue Legacy, of course. No Man's Sky, of course. I want to see. I don't care what. I don't. They don't need to go. Th- the planets are going to be the planets are going to be the planets. There's going to be resources on them and weird animals on them. You don't need to go through there and do that. But a Rogue Legacy plan. I'm sorry. Uh, no Man's Sky plan it is not a mario level a mario level i want handcraft and i want to be amazing and same thing with like a binding of isaac level is not a super meat boy level super meat boy levels are built a very specific way right to challenge you and make it incredibly tough to do and that's what you want out of that experience yeah, yeah absolutely you may continue with your rope number report. three critically acclaimed puzzle platformer in uh, platformer inside which launched last month on xbox one and pc it's officially coming to playstation 4 and it's coming to the console far sooner then originally expected Play Dead sophomore effort following Indie Darling Limbo will launch on PlayStation 4 on August 23rd. <gasps> That's so soon, it's Colin. Very soon. It's incredibly soon. I don't know what that... Microsoft is treating this like it was their game. Yeah. And and it's already not an you, exclusive. I mean, don't you... you fi- the way I see this conversation going is they're getting ready. They have inside. They sh- shop it around. And Microsoft's like, we want this again. We want to make sure that we are still look we have a business relationship with you and people know they get your games here first and i bet play play dead right mm-hmm. i bet they were i don't know why i blinked on that for a second i bet they their response was fine but it's got to be like you're getting trounced in numbers we got to get to playstation 4 as fast as humanly possible and they're like okay then we'll give you a month or a month and a half or whatever it was yeah i mean it's i when i saw the trophies go up because the trophies popped on psm profiles and exo phase and i was like whoa that's Hello. weird because i go there like twice a day to like see what's like what random ass shit's going yeah, on yeah. there and uh, I was sh- I was shocked by that. I was like, wow, I didn't expect it inside for a year to 18 months. Me too. Me too. But that just shows you, I think, how different this console lifecycle mm-hmm. is than last generation. I mean, Limbo took like two plus years, I think, yeah. to come to PS3. Now we just got to wait for the Vita version. Yeah. The Vita version came, right? No, I'm, I'm talking about oh, inside, inside. Inside, yeah, right. Number four. Sony has revealed the top selling digital games on PlayStation Network for the month of July 2016. The top 10 best selling PlayStation 4 games were in order. God of War 3 Remastered. Seven Ways to Die, The Last of Us Remastered, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto V, Rocket League, Overwatch, Borderlands, The Handsome Collection, Mortal Kombat X, and FIFA 16. So there's only one new game on there, which is uh, Seven Ways to Die. Lots of sales. The top 10 best-selling PlayStation 3 games were in order. Little Big Planet 3, The Last of Us, Minecraft, Ratchet & Clank Into the Nexus, Grand Theft Auto V, Ratchet & Clank Collection, Ratchet & Clank Future, Tools of Destruction, <laughs> FIFA 16, Goat Simulator, and Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. The top 10 best-selling Vita games were in order. Ratchet & Clank Collection, God Eater Resurrection, Adventures of Mana, Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus Force, Minecraft, Tales of Hearts R, Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assault, Hyper Dimension Neptunia Rebirth 2, Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Black Heart, and Grand Theft Auto PS Vita Collection, which is basically the uh, Liberty City and Vice City stores. The top 10 best-selling PlayStation classics were in order. The Warriors, Bully, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Suikoden 2, Metal Slug Anthology, Psychonauts, Mega Man Legends, Mega Man 8, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and The Misadventures of Tron Bon. Rocket League... 
Black Ops 3, Fallout 4, Black Ops 2, and Minecraft litter the DLC list for both PS4 and PS3. Terrible list of games. Uh, not, not that it's, all, games, it's just flooded with sales. Yeah, it's it's just, not, yeah, there's no, the games are good. It's you just can't like, get in there for yeah, actual it's data. Not, it's not interesting. But, Colin, Mr. Blessings over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can get your question read, has some more insight to this list. Kind of. Then he has a question. Not really about it. Hello, Greg and Colin. Mm. Sony has just released the list of the top-selling PS4 games for July 2016, and to my joy, I saw I Am Setsuna in the 13th spot, despite being on the store for less than a month and being a traditional JRPG. As a fan of most JRPGs, my question to you is this. Do you think that these sales will send a message to Square Enix and hopefully other AAA publishers that there's still a big audience for traditional JRPGs in the West after it was deemed unpopular by those same publishers? Also, what other unpopular video game genres do you want to see revived? P.S. I love you a lot, but I'll love you even more if you convince you to bring back Legend of Dragoon. Why do you guys want that game so bad? The thing about this one and his question Mm. is the... And I want, I'm interested in your answer because you really feel great. I am Setsuna did great here. It was Nino Cooney that was like out of the blue. It was a traditional game, and here we go. And yeah, it, did, it was more expensive. Too. Exactly, it was it a did, better game. It well. did incredibly well. So that didn't set the world on fire. That didn't get. We are not. We're not looking around with a bevy of JRPGs. It's all right relative, now. right? Like, yeah. So there's certain things. So Tokyo RPG Factory apparently lost three million dollars on that game for Square. Um, this was in the Square Enix financials, and it's the numbers rough. I think it's more like two point seven million. People can go look it up, but. Um, and the financials buried in the Square Enix financials apparently was them saying like this actually this time soon actually lost money, but this was before the game was launched in the West, and so I'm more than confident that they're going to make their money back, and I'm sure that they're working on their next game. Uh, but that shows you everything you need to know that even in the native in their native country, the game wasn't like lighting anything on fire. Now people are playing different kinds of games there. I think we overestimate the resonance of the, these kinds of games there as well because sure. you have this romanticized vision of 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 Japanese gamers falling all over themselves to play Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest all the time. And that's simply not the case anymore. So. Um, I mean, they'll play them, but they play other games too. They play The Last of Us. They play, you know, they're yeah. gonna play Horizon. They're gonna, you know, they they play, you know, the same. Co- we have kind of similar taste. Like our tastes are are you know converging. Um, so I'm not heartened seeing I am Setsuna at number thirteen at all because what was it beaten by? God of War three remastered <laughs> and Seven Ways to Die. Like I don't know. I, I it doesn't seem like I am Setsuna lit the world on fire at all. But I I think that like I said, that game was made in a, a, under a year and a half, and for for them to make a game that quickly and for it to be that good in a game that I I thought was worthy of platinum and I think that's worthy of Japanese role playing game fans to play. It's pretty good. They need a little bit more time and see, they made the game on Unity. Like it's a weird kind of thing. Like I I, I just it's not like a, it doesn't seem very proprietary. It's uh, like for, of Square to be like make your game on Unity and. Put it on PS4 and Vita. That they didn't come out on Vita here because it didn't run very well, apparently. And we'll see what happens. It's very experimental. Their whole charge at Tokyo RPG Factory is to make those kinds of games, and so I think you'll get another one in 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I seeing it at number 13 doesn't harden me personally. It, it actually disappoints me a little bit. Interesting. You may continue with your Rupert's report. All right. Thank you. You're allowed. Number five, Final Fantasy 15 doesn't come out until late September, but Square Enix has already announced that the game is getting a season pass. Word comes by way of website Gamatsu, which revealed that the Japanese pass will include six pieces of content. Booster pack, episode Gladiolus, 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 holiday pack, episode Ignis, episode Prompto, and expansion pack. It'll cost 2,700 yen, which is around $30. In the United States, the pass will come with the $85 digital deluxe version of Final Fantasy 15. Cool. You gonna get it? 
You get no. that DLC pack? I don't know if I'm gonna, like I'm gonna play Final Fantasy 15, but God knows how much I'm gonna actually be able to play it. Number yeah. six, are you gonna play it? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try it for sure. Like I wasn't bullshit when I was like, this game actually looks interesting. It looks interesting except for those characters. I mean, oh jeez, we're talking about the bro, the bros, the the boy band, the bros. world, the mechanics. All that sounds very interesting to me. But mm. and I played it, you mm-hmm. know, pretty extensively. But oh man, those characters are rough. Number six, stand by me. No, not surprisingly. Gearbox's hero shooter Battleborn has underperformed womp womp. and failed to meet internal sales targets that's set by the game's publisher 2K. Word comes by way of Eurogamer, which listened into a talk by Take-Two Interactive CEO Strauss Zelnick, who I think is on this show like every fucking week, who said, quote, <laughs> while the game launched to solid reviews, its performance in the market has been below our expectations. And quote, Zelnick and company still feel as there's hope, however, quote, we think there remains an opportunity to grow the audience for this unique experience over time. And 2K will continue to drive engagement and recurrent consumer spending on the title through add-on content and virtual currency. And quote, what does that sound like? Evolve, mm-hmm. which they've also done that too. I think you got to cut your losses with this and let Gearbox make a fucking just go make Borderlands. Borderlands. I'm sure they already are, but yeah. but God, man, the, the the battle porn was so obviously going to suck, like suck at re- and, uh, not not critically, but at retail, like it was going to just in get sales. destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew I I don't know how anyone thought that that game was going to do well, yeah. including the people that made it and published it. Like it, I would have like just been like, like pull back, don't do it. <laughs> Gearbox has a lot of money, so they can do what they want. But, and I'm sure that Gearbox made money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Just make Borderlands. Number seven. Majority of the team at developer Bungie has moved on to Destiny 2. That news comes by way of Activision Publishing CEO Eric Hirschberg during an investor Q&A as relayed by IGN. Little else was said about the game other than that Activision and Bungie are indeed aiming for a 2017 release for Destiny's proper sequel. As for Rise of Iron, the final massive expansion for the original Destiny... Hirschberg said that pre-orders are above that of the Taken King, an earlier expansion. Kotaku's Jason Schreier noted on Twitter that this is the first time Activision has referred to the sequel as Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. Which is you think it's shorthand or you think that's really what they're going to push Destiny for? Destiny 2 colon or something. Yeah. Like I, think, I think it would smart, be smart for them to call it that, to differentiate. Yeah. Number eight. With praise re-reveal at Bethesda's E3 press conference earlier this year, Chatter began anew about what happened to the original Prey 2, mm. which was revealed to the press behind closed doors way back in 2011. I was there. That version of Prey 2, which was under development at Human Head Studios, was canceled several years later, and now we finally know why. Bethesda's Pete Hines talked to GameSpot at QuakeCon and said, quote, I mean, honestly, it's really not that complicated. It hit a point where it wasn't shaping up to be what we wanted, and there didn't seem to be a clear path to get where we thought it needed to be. We decided the best thing to do was just not, was just to not proceed. That's just it. And then there's an ellipsis. I don't want to go through and talk about stuff like, well, he said this and we said that. I want those guys to have every success and do not have this have to keep bringing up this thing. Games get canceled. It happens. Marriages go bad. It happens. Again, I want him to be able to do his job and not have to worry about explaining or defending anything. It didn't work out. End quote. I like it when you get a quote from Pete Hines where he's just like, can we stop talking about this? Please? I mean, but to, to, to the journalist's credit, I mean, that, that no, they never talk. There's an answer. It. Yeah, you have an answer now. But the interesting thing I thought here was that it's like games get canceled. It happens. Marriages go bad. Yeah. Relationships. So I'm sure that there was bad or I'm not sure. I mean, how can you be sure? But it sounds like there's bad feelings behind yeah the something at the time yeah with the between the companies yeah number nine season one of hitman's episodic game is still rolling out but it appears that developer io and publisher square enix have more ambitious plans in a response to a tweet at the official hitman twitter account about a second season at hitman responded quote of course our plan is to have three seasons <gasps> although season two hasn't been confirmed yet end quote all right there's being up front a lot, of people are complaining that we don't talk, a lot of people are complaining we don't talk about hitman so there you go we talked about it gary Busey was a hit did you see that was he really? Yeah, he was. He was like their special, their high value target or whatever one day. Yeah, he's high value. All right, number ten. 
EA has revealed its sales expectations for upcoming fall 2016 shooters Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2. Word comes by way of GameSpot, which relays details from EA CFO Blake Jorgensen. On Battlefield 1, he said, quote, Typically, a Battlefield does $15 million in a year. Our guidance is slightly under that, and we hope that excitement builds, and it'll go through that number. But for now, it's slightly under that number, end quote. As for Titanfall 2, and this is what I thought was interesting, he said, quote, Titanfall did a little more than 7 million units last time. It was early in the cycle, one of the few titles out there. We think Titanfall 2 will do more than that, but it's probably closer to 10 million than it is to 15, as built into our guidance, mm-hmm. end quote. So they're expecting big numbers for that. I think those Titanfall 2 numbers are wrong, but we'll see what happens. And finally, number 11. Free-to-play capitalism simulator Adventure Capitalist comes to PlayStation 4 on August 16th. That game's getting beaten up pretty bad on PlayStation Blog and on YouTube. Why? It's free-to-play and it's like a tapping game. Like It's for a phone. It should uh, be on Vita, yeah. first of all, but it look, I think it looks interesting. I love the name, Adventure Capitalist. Car-drifting game Absolute Drift Zen Edition comes to PS4 on August 16th. Flight game Strike Vector EX comes to PS4 on August 30th. Turn-based side-scrolling dungeon crawler, Darkest Dungeon. Comes to PS4 and Vita on September 27th. We're super excited about that. Yeah. Puzzle platformer Hue, which we saw at GDC earlier this year, comes to PS4 and Vita later this year. Ooh, ooh. Metroidvania title The Fall Part 2 Unbound is coming to PlayStation 4 in 2017. And finally, XCOM 2 has been delayed on PlayStation 4, but only slightly. It will now come out on September 27th in North America and elsewhere in the world on September 30th. It was originally slotted to launch on console on September 6th. That's it for the news. Colin. We've been waiting a long time for Darkest Dungeon, as you might know. Mm. Saw it at PAX a long time ago. Looked real interesting. Good guys making it. Mm. Let's get it here. It's mm. finally coming out, but it's so far away. Mm. If I wanted to know what was in the mom and grop shops in digital world, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and sometimes PlayStation Portable software. Buy the kind of funny co-founders. Arcade Archives Soldier Girl Amazon. Yep. Comes to PS4 Digital. Been waiting for this one. Soldier Girl Amazon is a shooter released by Nichibitsu in 1986. The Soldier Girl Amazon fights on a completely different Earth, dominated by strange beasts and crazy cyborgs. Of course. Blade Ballet comes to PS4 Digital. Blade Ballet is a whirling dance of multiplayer robot destruction. It's simple enough for anyone to jump into the fray, but players must master the timing and unique abilities of each bot to come out on top. Brutal. And as you see here, it just says, Platforms. I think it comes to PS4 Digital. Someone forgot to edit it. Brutal is a 3D reimagining of the classic 2D ASCII dungeon crawler featuring single player, two player, local multiplayer, and a level editor. Players will choose from one of four archetypical heroes, archetypal, I'm sorry, heroes, as they descend into a procedurally generated world constructed entirely from ASCII with permadeath, weapon crafting, potion brewing, and an onslaught of enemies to face. Can you survive? Probably not. I'm excited to play this one. I think this game looks really good. Yeah, looks interesting. Caladrius Blaze comes to PS4 Digital. Caladrius Blaze is a vertical scrolling shooter developed by Moss. It includes all the elements of Caladrius and Caladrius AC. It also includes extra content such as new stages, new story scenarios, new bosses, and characters designed by Yasuda. Oh! Gotta do a little bit better than that. Emily Wants to Play comes to PS4 Digital. It's 11pm, and you are at the last house on your route. The lights are on and the front door is open, but the windows are all boarded up and the grass is overgrown. It seems like a strange place to deliver a pizza. Freely roam the house and try to figure out what is going on. This may be your last pizza delivery. Game sounds cool. I mean, game sounds really cool. Is it look like? Is it look like it's gonna be good? Is it's it just, just a, dumb concept. It art? doesn't look real. Like it looks no, that does not look good. But it sounds like a neat idea. Yeah, I hope I get to eat the pizza. Indigo Prophecy, Ooh. the PlayStation Two classic from our friends at Quantic, Quantic Dream. Dream comes to PS4 Digital. I never played this. Me neither. In this paranormal thriller, New York City is stunned by a series of mysterious murders that follow the same pattern. Ordinary people become possessed and kill absolute strangers in public. 
play both sides of this breathtaking murder conspiracy and, and uncover the supernatural forces behind these crimes. If you're European or basically non-American, Indigo Prophecy for you is known as Fahrenheit. In case you're curious. Oh. No Man's Sky comes to PS4 digital and retail. No Man's Sky is an epic science fiction adventure set across an infinite universe in which every star is the light of a distant sun, sun orbited by planets filled with life, each yours to visit. Explore never-before-seen worlds and trade, fight, and survive on a galactic scale. I'm going to do it. I'm going to survive on a galactic scale. And finally, Ali Ali Epic Combo Edition comes to PS4 retail. Mm. Ali Ali Epic Combo Edition brings together the defining skateboarding series of this generation. Ali Ali mixes addictive one-life gameplay and more than 120 tricks and grinds across 50 deviously crafted levels, 250 challenges, spots mode, I don't know what that means. Spots Daily, mode. Daily grind and rad mode. Rad oh, rad mode. Lost. Come on. We love rad mode. Uh, pick of the week. Uh, gotta be No Man's Sky, I assume. Yeah. Although, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Brutal and Indigo, Indigo Prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah, that's definitely one I'm going to pick up and eventually try to play. But, yeah, yeah, I never played it. It's interesting. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's finally here. I hope it holds up. Are the, uh, the trophies for Indigo Prophecy went up a while ago, right? So we don't have to go over those. But yeah. We'll do that in the next next segment. Because right now, it's topic of the show. Dots, 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 dots. <laughs> It feels good. It rolls off your tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone from Iron Galaxy. Yay! Yeah, we're doing that. Chelsea Blasco, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for I'm great. Thank you for not saying you're doing good. Thank you for not saying you're doing good. Thank you. Here we go. The good police. Here we go. You're one of these grammar guys. Yeah. This in that this is the line of work you went into. Podcasting and video games. You're gonna go over and bust everybody's balls about this. You know, when in doubt, it's good jokes right there for you to take. Sure. When you're an internet personality and an influencer, I would expect you know such things. I do. Well, I've I just I've been getting dumber. You know what I mean? Like I came to IGN with that journalism degree and immediately it all just started evaporating. And now I just hang out here. I mean, you you guys are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our new CM uh, journalism at Mizzou. What year? You graduated? Oh, geez. Four years ago? Okay. Four years ago? He or she? He. He. Okay, what's his name? Tom Carbone Jr. Huh. Outstanding young gentleman. Outstanding. What what was his, uh, what was this is what we do on, uh, by the way, PS, I love you, XOXO. We talk about journalism degrees. What was his uh, focus? Was it magazine, uh, broadcast? Uh, you know what? You've now surpassed you my it? expertise in the topic. Dave wasn't always linked in. Have you ever heard a story yeah. about Tom Warover? Because that would imply it was newspaper. No. Okay. Oh no, so he was newspaper. Okay. So okay. He, okay. So he ended up at yeah. the North Dakota at the Herald for a year. Yeah. Then he worked, came to Chicago to do the Tribune. Sure. And then we snatched him from the damn the depths of the Tribune company. Oh wow. I don't so. have to edit anymore. Yeah. Finally, right? Finally. This yeah. is Dave Lang, by the way. Hello, everyone. Awesome. And that's Adam Boyce. Hi. So you guys <laughs> are this new thing. Iron Galaxy, brand new company, brand new, never brand made new. a game before. Startups are tough. We, we think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, closed our second round of funding yesterday. I got yeah. thirty bucks for my mom. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. wow, yeah. Canadian. Oh, so it's conversion like rates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's rough close. on that one. It's rough on that one. It's a rough second round. Right. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave Lang. Yes, sir. Uh, you, of course. Uh, the, you're the Mount Rushmore here of internet oh, personalities. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Over the bomb, you're on the giant bomb. You're doing the packs of mania. You're doing all this different stuff. And people just think you're just a professional clown. You're just out there clowning around Correct. doing stuff. It's the truth. Is it? Yeah. But you've yeah. been you've been doing. I want I want the uh, for people who don't know what's going on with Iron Galaxy. What is the pitch? How long has it been around? Sure. Okay. I'll give you the three minute version. Here we go. This is why time you're in business meetings. Hey, here's a three minute back background history. Any questions? Jump in. Be happy to field them. <laughs> Iron Galaxy. I might jump in. No. Um, <laughs> There's a jingle. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get that. No, it's like, you know how it works. Okay. Anyway, started in 2008. Okay. At the time, I worked at Midway Chicago. Yeah. I was a studio tech director. And this was like when everyone knew Midway was kind of going down the poop chute. Sure. It was but, all falling apart. But before uh, WB stepped in to like make them NetherRealm, yeah. do all that stuff. And I'm talking to my wife, and it's like, geez, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. I don't know what's going on. 
And it just got to a tipping point where it seemed more likely that'd be successful just contracting. Like that was safer than staying there when I didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. So I punched out. I started consulting for this knucklehead when he was at Capcom and uh, did a couple projects with them and it was going really well. And then the Capcom crew was like, hey, we could use even a couple more people like you. So then got some more people from Midway in. And, uh, and so start- consulting, what does that mean? You're playing the games early, giving mock reviews? No, no, no. It's like tech d- tech direction consulting. Like, hey, why they're having some problems getting this uh, bandwidth working on Xbox Live. You've shipped a lot of Xbox yeah. Live games. Gotcha. So like, go to Grin in Stockholm and help them figure it out. Mm. Stuff like that, right? Yeah, that was so, the first one, I think, Bionic Commando. Yeah. Right? Doing the multiplayer for Bionic Commando. So they were having some issues with packet loss or something like that on Xbox. And so Dave came out overseas for his first trip abroad. First trip abroad. Ever. Uh, it was like a kid in a candy store. Adam, was I not very clear? That's Don't be afraid of the microphone. Move it around with you. Do this. You're doing it. one I'm of these. It. You're talking like that. that okay, that's, I'm moving it. I'm moving it. You got a He's lot to learn. I'm professional. Yeah, I, know, right? yeah. I know, right? I don't have 100 episodes of my own podcast. But I'm pumped. Put, put in the plug. What's the podcast? Team GFB Radio. There you go. If you enjoy the comedy stylings, Adam's actually on today's show. <laughs> was I? Yeah, you were on today's allegedly. show. You made a brief I was appearance. allegedly on today's hey, show. Hey, everyone. My name's Adam Boys. I'm new CEO of Iron Galaxy. It's a hot new startup. We just closed our seed funding. That sounds, that's uncanny, that nailed right? It. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to slip a dad joke in somewhere, yeah. though. Hey, there's three kinds of dads in this world. <laughs> Bad dads, hot dads, and me. I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> that was, no, for off the top of your head, yeah. that was pretty good. Wow, I wouldn't know how to, uh, get a, to get a dad yeah. joke involved. Do you want there, more though? of that? <laughs> Team GFB Radio. Team GFB Radio. Yeah, but then, so 2008, we're doing that, working with these knuckleheads. Uh-huh. Started hiring up more. Uh, kind of started. Then we switched over to ports. We started doing stuff like uh, Street Fighter Three port for PSN and XBLA. Yeah. Did a bunch of stuff like that with Capcom, and then kind of got. We, so we migrated from like just tech work to ports. Then we kind of wanted to keep growing the business, so we decided to do uh, original IP. We did record. When did we start Recketeer? What year was that? Two thousand ten. Yeah, and you you joined in two thousand ten, right? I, I no, was too, there, late two thousand nine. Yeah, I was yeah. there. We were still doing Street Fighter when I started because I did the infamous color pack. Oh yeah, the dreaded dun, dun, dun. color pack. No one likes the most it. hated color pack of all time. <laughs> yeah, in, in any, any costume. Yeah, awful, awful, awful. <laughs> um, and then that was just like basically the, the whole thing with Iron Galaxy is like we started with friends, and we all have been at places that close overnight on us. Like I've been at three studios <laughs> that have closed, right? And so That's we, why I'm here. By I'm, glad you, I'm glad you jumped on board, Adam. You're like, he's a proven yeah, winner. We gotta, yeah. <laughs> and so we wanted to build something that we could retire from that could work with my friends for like the rest of my life. Sure. You know, I know what that's, that's like. like. That's like the lone goal, right? Yeah. And uh, so doing that, we just wanted to do a lot of different things. We wanted to be diverse in what we do. You know, it's like Iron Galaxy. When I would tell people like trying to get people to work with us, I'm like, this is not a, if you have like a game in your head and it needs to get out, the world needs to see it. Like, this is not the place for you. Mm. Like, we're yet. trying yes. <laughs> we're trying to build a business and we're trying to make something that we can do what we want to do for the rest of our lives with. That stuff might come down the road, but sure. that's not what we're You're doing You're laying today. foundation right now, yeah. right? And so just kept doing that, kept doing that, started doing original stuff. We did Dive Kick after Rucketeer. We just got into the Killer Instinct stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we kind of, we started doing some publishing stuff like Video Ball. Which Video Ball is awesome. Uh, Capsule Force, stuff like that. And so we're always kind of like just trying new things to kind of like give us all the options to do. And now here we are. We got two studios: Chicago, Orlando, about 130 awesome developers across both, and uh, we are here to make games for you on all platforms. There you go. Even the sure. Vita, sure. Even the Vita. Every we single have. platform. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. We did all a Vita platform. Games. We did. We have. I remember. 
I remember the Vita yeah. game. Little, little Vita game. I might have heard it. I think Borderlands 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I know a bit about Adam. Hi. So I'll, I'll get to you. I'm going to get to you later. Okay, Adam. Uh, but for you then, Chelsea. Yes. When, when do you enter in? Are you, are you ground floor? I number in at the uh, Street Fighter okay. era. I was not in Dave's basement. Okay. Yeah. They already had a little studio uh, in kind of a bad, bad neighborhood. I think it was 1,800 square feet. We had like eight dudes and Chelsea <laughs> packed into 1,800 square feet. It was a good look. Yeah. It was great. I really thought, uh, what the heck am I doing? But I had also been at a couple studios that. W- which ones were you at? I started at EA Chicago. Okay. So I was there basically right when they moved downtown yeah. from their place in the It was off. a fancy office. It was a very, we were rock stars. We had a very fancy, fancy office. Free cereal uh, for everyone. We had just yeah. put uh, a very fancy roof deck on the building with an ADA compliant <laughs> <laughs> elevator before we closed it all up. Closed yeah. it all up. <laughs> Shut closed down. it all up. Uh, and uh, then I went over to Robomoto. So I was there and then they they laid off like two thirds of their staff. Yeah. And I came over. I'd never heard of Iron Galaxy. And when I checked out the website... <laughs> Wow. Did we even have a website then? I still then? had never heard of Flash, Galaxy. Just like Dive King. <laughs> I didn't know it was up then. At that it point. was up. Pretty it good. was up. I tried to have some idea about it before I came down. So It was an Angel yeah. Fire website. Yeah. With animated flames. <laughs> <laughs> it had the Christmas lights strung so, across, a MIDI file played <laughs> exactly. every time you came. Yeah, I think I was number Guess 12. What? Either 12 or 13, Something depending like how you're counting. I hired you and Sujatha the same yeah. day. So whoever yeah. got in first that day. Yeah, well, yeah. I Dave actually asked me if I could just come back tomorrow and start. And I said, you know, actually... Taking a little vacation first. So. Well, well, vacation being you were destroying derelict homes. I was not destroying derelict homes. Actually, I was volunteering doing some destruction work okay, okay. at a former pork processing plant on the south side of Chicago in the back As you of the do. yards neighborhood. That's how you, that's how you volunteer uh, and you slow down. Vacation. I was trying. It was great, though, because I got to smash down walls yeah. and like I used a pneumatic drill to take bricks down. Stuff. Nice. And now it's like this self-sustaining green co-op gardening brewing space. The brewing part. You got me at the brewing part. I wish it was still the pork place. Yeah. Another moon (laughs) owing. It was was really weird when it was the pork place though. But anyway. So what drew you to, you know, get in and get in with this guy? That's a good question. That is a good question. (laughs) He's got a shitty website. Everything he works for closes. Uh, Honestly, I thought I was probably going to be taking a huge step back in my career in games. (laughs) I was like, who are these jamokes? Uh, I can't even find their studio. (laughs) And uh, I still remember, vividly remember the interview. Like we were hiring. So what we did is we had, there's a lot of layoffs from Robomoto. We basically did. Uh, hot seat interviews we had like nine people come in and you yeah, were one of them yeah. and then we basically went people from desk to desk to desk and we just did inter- so it was like it was pretty inhumane it was weird but <laughs> we had really good efficient use of our time oh sure yeah so we didn't, that's like, the most important so thing so is everyone in the same room at the same time talking yeah. having nine yes, different conversations yeah. it's like speed dating yeah. 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 but we didn't want to blow up like nine days of our work we just want to <laughs> ruin forbid. one day yeah. and so like Chelsea I think was, you still charge us for a Capcom yeah. <laughs> Chelsea was one of the uh, <laughs> last interviews I did that day, and I remember I'm like, okay, so it's your first day at Iron Galaxy. Uh, I'm a programmer on Street Fighter. I have to do leaderboards on the 360. Help me make a schedule right now. Chelsea goes, have you ever done leaderboards before on the 360? And I said, well, yeah, it was a long time ago. That was like two games ago. I did it back at Midway. And she's like, has anyone else done it here more recently? I'm like, yeah, Scott Webster just did them for You Don't Know Jack. And she's like, okay, I'm going to assign this to Scott Webster. <laughs> 
and it's like the, like the Kobayashi Maru shit. <laughs> and, I'm just like, and then I'm like, okay, well, you've got the job. That's perfect. And then she's like doing all this shit where she's like, I'm not going to start. I'm going to go demolish houses and think about it. I'm like, fuck. She's got like so shook. It's like completely shook. Like, oh, God. It's like I, went from, I went from not sure if I wanted a producer because I ran all the projects yeah. at that point to like, okay, I, we need a producer. We really I tried to play it cool. And then was it a week later you called me back and said you'll take it? Yes. And then your first day, tell me your first day experience. My oh my gosh! My did you first bring the day, pneumatic drill? I did <laughs> not bring my pneumatic drill. But on the first day, I I thought I'd worked for companies before where at least they had taken the computer out of the box before you got there. Yes. So basically, I think I had no chair, and they just handed me a computer in a box and said, "Hi." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I Make just it work. had to start putting it together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah which was desk. a new experience yeah. for me. I had not uh, had to assemble my own my own tower before the, the struggle was real at Iron <laughs> Galaxy back then the struggle was real yeah. was. we also moved offices once uh, in the same building to a little slightly larger larger office area 4300 square feet with that's a, no big deal with, you know. a, with a delightful restroom experience Ooh. actually oh just, yeah the restroom was awful just a delight it was like wow. truck stop number 5 off route 46 no so um, it, hold on so Midway <laughs> Midway had a shower in it and I really liked it because it's like, you know, I don't sleep over in the way that often. But when you did, it sure. was nice not to be nasty the next day. It was yeah, one of those. IGN day. had the private bathrooms in, yeah. in our old office that had showers. And you, yeah, how I many times never used shower? them, but it was nice to know it was there. I used it at EA, but I have to say it was a lot nicer. Yeah. But so I so when we found the next space, I over indexed. It has to have a shower. It has to have a shower. Like it's who we are. It has to have a shower. And so it's like we are. independent of what yeah. the shower is. I'm a galaxy. Independent. We have showers. And then like. Like looking back, it's like no one uses the shower. Why? And then you like objectively take a look at it, and it's just like this, like just there's no other way to describe it than prison shower. Mm. And it's like broken a, tiles, yeah, broken tiles and everything. It's like maybe we didn't actually need a shower if no one's going to use it. I don't think anyone used it the whole time we were there. Coleman used it. Coleman used it once. Coleman nice, definitely oh, used it. worth it. Yeah, that's all. That one just <laughs> so worth it. Coleman made it worth it. Yeah. Paid itself off with one shower. He couldn't lock the door either. It was like a sliding door, pocket door without a lock thing. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good shower. Yeah. And you had to look <laughs> yeah. down a long hallway to see if maybe you could go to the bathroom or not. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long, dark hallway leading to the prison we shower. We had rules. Yeah. We had rules. What were the rules? Yeah. Be very you loud coming. You have to leave coming. the door open okay. yeah. so people know that it's available. If you uh. close the door after you left it. Nobody will use it. Yeah. All day long, you people will be like, yeah. who's in there? Pe- yeah. Yes, exactly. Everyone's gotcha. in this room. Who's? Ah! I don't even see it. Yeah. So then Adam boys would come to you. Yeah. That, yeah. You're, you're the most recent. Story. We had to, Iron yeah, Galaxy. we had to basically uh, instill some efficiencies in this organization. Yeah. And you're, like the, you're the efficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a, now there's a, a shower curtain. Okay. No, there's no shower in the office. No, no, there's no not shower. anymore. No, no, no you we don't need anymore. getting a temp shower. We just yeah. set off the sprinklers when everyone's getting rank. I, sure. use, <laughs> yeah. I use the mop bucket. In yeah. Orlando, they do have a nice fire escape where you can change. Especially if you have a rainy outfit when you're out, stuck <laughs> out in the rain trying to announce that you're joining the company. That uh, that that happened. It was a good one. Well, dial me back, Adam. Yeah, dial dial you back all the way back. No, not all the way back. So 1976. Nope, it's oh, too sorry. far. We've gone <laughs> too far. What what about this makes you want to come to Iron Galaxy? You're at PlayStation. Yeah. Your Shuhei Yoshida's right hand man. I'm. Yeah. As if you other, want, the we have the photo half, of him. If you want to apologize to him, I had if you want to apologize office. for abandoning no, him, it, turning your back on no, no, him, we turning your awesome back dinner. on all the PlayStation fans. No, it was yeah. For he was the uh, the first party guy, and I was sort of the third party guy in in North America. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, so when I started in the industry, um, testing games, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a tester for my whole career. Yeah. And then sort of move into production. Like, Oh, I'm a producer my whole career. And then working at, at Midway, right. With Dave and a bunch of other awesome people, you know, you got to make things and you're, and you're coming up with these ideas and then they're getting into the game and 
you come up with goofy names for sports teams and blitz the league and and all hypothetically. this stuff. Hypothetically. And, um, <clears throat> you know, once I left Midway, I went to Capcom. I was running product development there. And it was all external stuff. It was all other people's IPs. Um, then did my own thing for a bit before going to Sony. And PlayStation was awesome. But it's like when I go to all these studios and I see Bungie, I see all the stuff they're coming yeah. up and working on. And I go to, uh, you know, you travel around when you see the, the early, early build of No Man's Sky. And yeah, you yeah. see... Uh, what Vlambeer's and you see all these people at all these different shows creating different prototypes and they're like, oh, I want to show you this, show you that, right? That sort of stuff gets under your skin because you're like, man, I really, I remember when I used to, I had ideas. Yeah. Because the problem is, <laughs> I used to be able to make I, things. I had ideas once and it was sort of, it was funny because my, um, my cousin's got an 11 year old son and he was asking me one day, he goes, Adam, what do you do at PlayStation? I was like, well, there it is right yeah, there. there. Relations. Yeah. The Widowmaker. Third party yeah. relations and, you know, uh, manage relationships and, and do all the sort of business uh, dealings with publishers, developers all around the world and all that stuff. And he goes, so you used to make games and now you just announce them on stage. And it was kind of like, a, hmm, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, you know, a part of a lot of amazing things there, like, trust me, dream come true to be involved in the Crash Bandicoot coming back and, and the Shenmue. Uh, three Kickstarter and there's so many different highlights that I have uh, from being there um, but it was one of those things that it's all other people's stuff right and so uh, going to these studios and I, I realized that itch is still alive and and you know your career's limited and so you want to sort of try new things and do new stuff so sort of cracking around some ideas with Dave and I said hey what would that look like what what could potentially be the future because um, I think this studio is incredible I think they can um, they've done a lot of cool stuff and they can do some incredible stuff in the future Talk well. about you. And so, um, and, and also, uh, a lot of the guys on the team are people that I work with and we're on my dev team back, sure. uh, when I was on, on blitz, the whole team's back together. And so most of it, I mean, the, a the lot old of crew or yeah. the guys you like a couple of notable exceptions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're missing Mike builder. Uh, who's that Jackbox? But, um, there's, yeah, there was just like a, it's a lot of it made sense. And when I look at the future of what's happening in the industry and we have more platforms than ever before, more sort of technologies with VR, with AR. There's so many cool things happening that we're like, hey, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to dabble and and sort of write our own book in the future and and be able to be a part of all these different things happening? So, yeah, it was kind of like, let's let's do this. Let's get the band back together and let's go make stuff. So then, Dave, what does that look like? Like, what is, I mean, I feel like we're even running through, there's like these different, not eras, I guess, but parts of yeah. the galaxy, right, where you're doing stuff. And now you seem like you're on this, you've, You've, you're at this precipice. You've already started taking the steps. What is the future? What does this look like for you guys? I mean, we're going to find out one way or the other at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or else, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> You know, I, I think the thing I like about this more than anything is it lets us focus on smaller place, uh, slices of the pie. Mm -hmm. Like before, me and Chelsea, we spent so much time and energy keeping the train on the tracks. Yeah. And just making sure projects are finishing on time and we're paying everyone on time. We're doing all these things. And we couldn't spend any time like looking down the road to see what's next. And now that Adam's here, it's kind of like his sole focus, right? Is sure. figuring out next steps. So you're actually asking the wrong person because well, I'm focused. But you're the you're the big cheese. You're the one cracking the whips. You're not doing what I told them. <laughs> no, I mean, look at what we've done, right? So we like I think most people know us for like <laughs> Killer Instinct dive kick. That's not. Don't do ever do that again. <laughs> do it again. Do it. Again. Right, collaboration. Right. Uh, most people know us for like Killer Instinct yeah. and dive kick and competitive stuff, right? I think. Anything we do going forward, that's like kind of who we are as a studio. People know us for doing fighting games, competitive things. You know, that's why, that just gets it's why you guys publishing Video Ball made so much sense, right? right. There's yeah. just fun right. game that's multiplayer focused. And uh, I'm sure whatever next steps we take will be down that same path. Like we're not abandoning Killer Instinct. We still want, I want to do Killer Instinct for the next 20 years if they'll let us. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, this, what Adam is going to bring in, it's going to be all in addition to who we are today. So it's like, we're not changing. We're just adding other capabilities we'll have. And, you know, we know we need to do more publishing stuff. Mm. You know, I think like independent of anything else, it's clear the most successful developers are the ones who are successful at publishing their own stuff, if nothing else. Right? Yeah. And uh, we just need to get better at that. We need to be more consistent. And when, you know, when I think about who could we get to do that, like how many people know more about publishing than Adam in the world? Like maybe five people? Sure. Maybe? Six. Maybe? If you count that other guy. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of where it comes down to me is Adam figuring the publishing stuff out and then other new opportunities. And we really just are starting to get going and brainstorm stuff right now. It's like, totally. it's not like, again, it's like going back to that original thing where I'm like, hey, if you've got a game in your head, it needs to get out. This isn't the place for you. Yeah. Like we didn't do this because we know we have to do something. We have to make this game. We have to do yeah, this well, thing. Remember that one idea we had back at Midway? It's about, it's about doing whatever makes the most sense for us to achieve our goals. And our goals are still the same with Adam here. Our goals are make a company financially stable make it sustainable in a way that we can work at for the next 30 years if we want to. And uh, that's the most important thing. Everything's going to serve that goal. Gotcha. Yeah. So. And that's my, always my, how we've done. That's always, we've always been additive. We've always uh, kept diversified, which is one of the things that I really like because I had come from studios. We make one game, you're done, it's done. It's either good or bad and then <laughs> you get shut down. So, uh, so I really liked that we do all different types of games all the time. Is that something you can do? You think Chelsea, because you are a smaller studio, like you are, because it's like that thing, like you guys are this indie studio, right? But then people throw the indie label around and they think it's two guys in a garage, let alone you know you guys having two studios across the country. I I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's just again it's our focuses of the company, right? Yeah. Like, and- like there's some people who do the work like ports like we do, yeah, and they do them to fund their dream game, mm-hmm. and then they do their dream game and it doesn't sell, and then they go out of business. Right. Yeah. No. And that's like yeah. the, the, I played game dev story. I'm, I yeah. know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the difference for us, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. That we've kept the diversification to keep us stable. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And we're still having fun. We're still making yeah. really cool games. So. Well, when we see things we believe in, like Dive Kick, we can take a swing at that. Mm-hmm. You know, because we got money in the bank and we have yeah, the capacity exactly. and, the, and the ability to like uh, get that thing out. We can do stuff like publish Video Ball, right? Because we can. Uh, but it's all these things that are targets of opportunity, right? That makes sense at the time. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, my career model is always I want to make great shit with great people. And this sort of fits right into that. And you know, when I when I was out meeting a lot of the studios and when people come in to pitch, like, oh, if you could only do you guys should really but it's not our job as a platform when I was at PlayStation to give feedback or tell people Mm. what they should or shouldn't do. So is that the big difference? Because that's what I was wondering. You're talking about how at PlayStation you were a blowhard, you did nothing. You didn't have anything to do. You went to Bungie, they showed you some games great, then you rubber stamped them and they got out. (laughs) It sounds like you're just rubber stamping games here. No. Not at all. How is, it, how is this? How is your role different now than what it was before? Well, because you are because like yeah, I like, Adam, yeah, you son of a bitch. Okay, let's get real talk then. Okay, he actually um, just did this to get in the wrestling league. That's, what, that's the real. That's the real shit. Not true. Not true. Um, no, I mean a lot of it is like you see these studios and you're like, oh, if you guys should you should try this or maybe you guys should position the game more like this or maybe you guys should think about that stuff. But again, as a platform, it's not your job to tell them what to do with their game. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm just the platform business partner. Um, and so here we can actually impact that. We can we can look at how we um, position games, look at how we um, make them, look at what's going into them, what's important. Um, and a lot of it's going to be sort of like business douchery words. You know, what's the ARPU and all that good yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, but having some eyes on that as well as what's a great, amazing creative product is super important too. And so bringing more of that business layer, I think, is is an important part of it but also being part of that creative process without being this sort of seagull management of coming in, swooping and pooping some bad idea. You drop in and be like, and I expect to see that implemented in a week. 
Because that's what Dave used to do. More blue. I, that's More what blue. I say. No. Yeah. yeah, that's Chelsea's job. She's this is why we, that's why we have clean lines <laughs> and roles are defined very clearly. Right, as soon as Dave, Dave travels, everyone erases his whiteboard, says everything he's said. Don't worry about it. Just make what you're working Does on. Don't, don't worry about yeah. him. He doesn't I, have to how many do times do I have to tell you? Ignore him. It's fine. I <laughs> say that all the time. Yeah. So then, Chelsea, the question for you, and it's for these guys too, but mainly for you, because I want to talk to you more. What What is the video game scene like in Chicago right now? Because, you know, being a suburb, a Chicago kid like me, that was always the thing is I remember, you know, Midway being the deal. And then when Midway went away, NetherRealm was there. But even then, it's like I think of NetherRealm and then, you know, meeting Dave and learning about Iron Galaxy. I knew that was happening there. But it are, would, I mean, as somebody who was I, a part of these studios that kept closing in Chicago, right, we were like, I, I got to move or get it. It's pretty small, yeah. honestly. Uh, well, I mean, I was at EA and so we thought we would stick around longer than Midway did. And we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Joke was on us. But. I think there are always a lot of little studios that I don't even know anything about that I find out all the time. Yeah. We do the like Midwest kickball yeah. usually once a year and you find them. But there's Wargaming. Those guys are in Chicago. Uh, there's Phosphor still around. There's NetherRealm. Yeah. But I know Russ Young is doing a whole thing now. He's doing a Kickstarter yeah. right now about yeah. indie studios yeah, in Chicago. But I would say when big studios did... Yeah, when Midway and EA closed down, I know a lot of people I knew left, yeah. and everyone dispersed, and I stuck around to be at Robomoto and start out with that and work on the Tony Hawk franchise, and then it was just kind of chance that I yeah. stuck around again, honestly. I thought I would have to move, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and what about, I mean, for you, Dave, starting this company, keeping it in Chicago, did you ever think about moving out and going somewhere, well, coming to the coast? That's actually, so, you know, I love Chicago. Yeah. You know, I'm always going to rep Chicago no matter what. Um, but there's a reason we opened a second studio in Florida, yeah. right? It's because Chicago is actually like, it pains me to say, it, but it's a crummy place to run a game studio. Yeah, There's no local government support. It's really hard to recruit. People think, because most game developers, they're West Coast or they're Texas yeah. or whatever. They think they're either going to freeze to death or get shot on the first day sure. or something like that. Freezing to death, yeah, a very real possibility. And so uh, it's really hard to recruit. Like once you get people there, they fall in love and they stay. Yeah. But getting people there is difficult, and it's an expensive city relative yeah. to like Orlando sure. for sure. And when we were looking, we knew we wanted to keep growing because again, like the thing with us being diverse, right, is like it was this really kind of a uh, like antithetical notion at the time. It's like it was really reluctant to grow. We were like thirty-two people yeah, big, thirty-five, and I realized that like wait to get more stable, we actually need to grow a lot because. We, we just can't do enough different things. Like if one of our projects goes away, we're out of business right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And we need to be big enough where if one of them goes away, we're fine. You know? And so it's this weird thing. We have to grow a lot to get to improve our stability, which is kind of counterintuitive. And then looked at it deeply. It's like, I can't hire 90 more people in Chicago. Like that doesn't make sense. And so we kind of scoured the, uh, the globe, looked at a lot of different places. Orlando had a lot of things going for it. So we started off down there. So Chicago is like a really cool scene. Like, like you have a lot of like, uh, Young Horses is there. There's a whole bunch of indie game teams that want to come up. But I don't think they have aspirations to be like we are. I yeah. think they want to be like eight, ten people big and just make games forever, right? Sure. So I think like in the low-level indie scene, I think it's really strong. I think at the high-end scene, like NetherRealm and us, it's really strong. But then there's this middle area of like 30-ish developers that just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So That's depressing. That's a depressing note to end on. Well, I think it's like that over the whole country. It's not just Chicago. Sure. I mean, that's just kind of reflective of uh, just the state of developers in general. Like, it's got to be bigger, tiny. There's like no room for the middle anymore. 100%. 100%. But is that terrifying for you? No, man. I love it. Yeah. Because I mean, like, if now think about it, 
if you want to compete with us and you're little, you got to be medium before you get big, baby. You can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> Man, damn cutthroat. Yeah. It's like you can't. Sorry, end. Phil Tibitowski. Ooh, oh, uh-oh. shots fired. Shade, shade being thrown. We love Phil Tibitowski. Apparently you don't. Uh, Dave Lang does not. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, that's that's an important part is that today we live in, I think, the the richest time of, in gaming history. Like, yeah. There's more platforms, there's no more ways now for people to play games, and there's more games than ever before. And yet there's still fewer uh, developers our size on the planet, right? That can mm-hmm. sort of service that uh, mid and sort of large tier scale games. And that's what's super exciting is that the future's super bright, and uh, we've got a huge amount of talented people at the company. And so like we get to write the rest of the uh, the book together which is super awesome now adam i assume your playstation nda is up so tell me <laughs> tell me about the neo it never ends my tell friend. me about sucker punches next game tell me about vita 2 where's the pat upon collection i don't know you're finally off the leash neo, neo was confirmed by mr house in the financial times mm-hmm. i saw that article yeah, it was yeah very delightful yeah um <laughs> the other stuff no idea no, no, yeah. no, no. idea. can friend. you say anything about this rumored uh, show that's happening in New York. I heard, I read show? that same rumor today. Can you take, can you comment on that? Can you confirm I, or deny? I have no idea what's happening over there. Why I, I wish I knew. Why am I actually trying to bury Nobody. the Iron Galaxy Sony relationship right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. All my emails get bounced back when I send them. No, yeah. no that, that's actually one of the funny byproducts of, of this transition is a lot of people like, oh, it must have been like to, to see all the career counselors yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. graduate on, on social media and I know what's good for Adam. This is what he should be doing. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I got this. This is an active decision that I made. I mean, it's, were you it's, prepared uh, for that when you started a PlayStation that you were going to become like this outward face no, of the company? Never, 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 you, never. People never, were going to then armchair quarterback your career. Nope, never. I was never a goal. I like. I literally remember them asking me to be on the first E three stage. I did a presentation at. Uh, we have this thing called Destination PlayStation. It's yeah. a sales focused thing that we do in Arizona every year, um, or that PlayStation would do in Arizona. I was going to say he's so still saying we, still yeah. saying we. Um, <laughs> and and they asked me to come up and talk about some of the third party partnerships, and I went up there and. Um, that I saw Jack Tretton and PR sort of like, and they come down and a week later, they're like, Hey, we want to put you on stage at E3. And I was like, what? That's not how this goes. This is an inside face. This is not <laughs> <how> this <goes." laughs> um, so that was super cool. And then I was just like, okay, channel my inner nerd and be myself up there. And that was one of the things at first they were like, Hey, we've written a script to cover all your stuff. And I was like, none of these things are my words. So then I added in all my words, which were basically bad dad jokes and gibberish. Yeah. Um, but it made me feel comfortable up there, and and uh, the rest was sort of, you know, you saw it all unfold for the last four years. What's the worst joke you ever told? What's your official worst joke? Um, uh, that there's so many, there's so many bad ones. Um, we need to know now. We're not okay, leaving well, this the, podcast. The, I think my I'll start with my favorite one was the <laughs> um, during the Destiny uh, reveal and the Disney Infinity thing came out. Oh right, Rest and the Hulk peace. smash. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. The VL goes Hulk smash, and I go, "He goddamn right, Hulk smash." Um, when I came out and said, "Yeah, that was, was, that was your favorite." Yeah, Google it. That was your favorite. Yeah. No, just in the Google moment, it. it made sense. I remember this. I remember because yeah, Destiny was going, the and then the audio played out of sync, and it was the Hulk smash thing during Destiny, which made no sense. Yeah, and you no jumped right on it like a professional yeah. comedian would. You're right there. Yeah, you're right, improving. You're like you're like our generation's Gallagher. Oh wow! Yeah. wow. The splash zone. Watermelons. Uh, no, there's a lot of bad ones, Dave. There was a lot of bad ones. Exclusively bad ones, one could even say. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Card. I forgot yeah. most yeah. of them because they're so bad. You block it out of your memory. Yeah. Okay. 
But the, so then even then you're getting right. You, you go backstage. You're like, man, I killed it. And you look at the Twitter and people are like, no, dad jokes aren't funny. <laughs> usually, usually. Yeah. They say don't read the comments. And then when you read the comments, yeah. you're like, I shouldn't have read these comments. <laughs> Why did I do this? I, I find that uh, my joke stylings play well with the English and the Canadians. And uh, most Americans are like you. I, I remember um, uh, Brandon from Oculus. Uh, he was uh, CEO at the time. He comes up. He goes, hey, Adam, great job on stage at E3. I loved half of your jokes. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's good enough. That's pretty yeah. much yeah, you yeah. bet 500. You're pretty happy with it. That's no, all it but it, to, be. to me, it was more about, yeah, just being me. And so that's, I'm an idiot, right? With bad jokes. And that's how I roll. And so it was, I gave the world myself and uh, most of you didn't like it. And some of you did. Oh, these so people, these people all liked it. P.S. I love you crowd. They loved it. Don't no, worry about it. You're in good hands here. I, I feel it. comfortable. I loved it. You didn't. Every I time you're like, that was the worst. <laughs> you've Every year, I just get a text from Dave. That was the worst I've ever seen. But that's how Dave he'd shows in, love. He'd be in the audience, like, texting me while I'm up there. So I get back to my phone, waiting for the nice message from my wife, saying, great job. It's like, Dave's like, you choked. You were so horrible. You were sweating. You were flop sweat. Your mouth got dry. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for the inspirational flop talk. Sweat? You know what that reminds me of, actually? What what does that, you remember when you were doing that live cam for Blitz the League? So we're doing this. So Blitz League <laughs> one. Is about to come out, yeah. and it's got this weird groundswell of press enthusiasm because people call it like Grand Theft Madden and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there was no one like PR didn't really want to have anything to do with the game, <laughs> so it's kind of like up to us to produce it and do all this stuff. And so Adam had a live interview. He had to go to like a studio, like the anchors, like in New York or whatever. Oh, Remember what channels for? Yeah. And so it's like I'm driving because he, he doesn't have a license, so I drive him down there. And whole time, do you like, still not have a license? My Canadian, no, my Canadian license expired. Turns out when you move to Chicago, you have to get a new license, Illinois, within 30 days. Didn't know that a year and a half in, so it might have gotten suspended. And so we're at Subway, and I'm just getting his head. I'm like, hey, you know, just whatever happens, don't freak out, man. Like, there's going to be a lot of people watching, but just be cool and just relax and just remember to breathe. And he's like, what are you? And so I just kept saying things like that. And then he gets, uh, he gets uh, behind the camera and just totally freaks out. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. Because they're doing the inter- you can't see them. Oh, yeah, you- yeah, and it's a delay. You and you're just like, <laughs> yes, Blitz the League is a great game. We have all kinds of things. And there's not a conversation. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's the best. I love it. I'm wearing a Lawrence Taylor <laughs> yeah. Giants jersey because I'm such a huge NFL fan. Obviously. Um, clearly. LT. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I choked big time. It was great. It was a lot it's my single that. greatest accomplishment. Good job. Well, yeah. I remember one time, too, going into the uh, audio recording studio and I was, you know, producer on the game. And I was like, I'm going to, I want to. I'm gonna try for one of the voices, guys. Let's uh, lay down some tracks. Whoa. And they're like, they're like, yeah, I know, which is the worst thing. Whatever producers like, let me try myself. <laughs> let out. me show you how I and do. And all it. the audio engineers <laughs> that are like working on your team are like, oh, I can't really say. I want to tell them to fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to. So, so get in there. And I just choked. I was like, don't use any of this. Don't say I ever came in here. I was horrible. This never so, happened. If you yeah, value your job, this never happened. Not. And look how he's grown. There he yeah, is. If yeah. only I would have had a hundred podcasts under my belt, Dave. You know, you still can, Adam. It's not too late. You live the dream you want to be. <laughs> Is that how it goes? That's what I say every single day. Yeah. Look in okay. the mirror. Tell yourself. Yep. So what, uh, to wrap it all up, Dave Lang, <laughs> sir, what is, what is the, what's the dream for Iron Galaxy? Uh, I hope we become financially independent where we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. And we keep doing this for as long as we want to do it. And the whole company retires rich and happy. Okay. How do people, it's not asking too much. How do the, how does the audience help that make that happen? Uh, you could go buy Video Ball right now. That'd be fantastic. And video Ball is really good. And I'll tell you what, it's, I'll really put it, it's our Let's Play. I'll put it at the end of the episode if you're watching on YouTube. Click on the annotation. Uh, check out Killer Instinct Season 3 coming to a close in September. That's on Xbox. You don't have to worry about that one. It's fantastic still. It's free to play. You would be. You know what? What insane person wouldn't try it, Chelsea? It's free. It's free. Why would you not try it? What do you it? have it's to true. lose? Yeah, bottom yeah, exactly. line. Yeah. Uh, follow us at I to the G on Twitter. And we actually have 
a website now, we which do. is novel. A yeah. semi-competent website. Yeah. I'm you know Lewis 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 Only half in Flash, and yeah. then we took down the Christmas lights, though. But the MIDI still plays. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Guys. and the guest book's still yeah. active. It's GeoCities slash. Links to MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having no us. problem. Back to Colin. <laughs> what a good Dave Lang. He likes to give Adam Boy shit, yep. and I appreciate mm. that. Thank you. Adam Boy's is so Canadian. Iron Galaxy for swinging by. Oh, isn't he super Canadian? But he's getting, he's a little tan now because he's been on this road he trip. Is, he's yeah, been he's doing so all this stuff. Now. Oh, I'm down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Epcot Center. Um, Epcot Center. Is that what I said? Whew, I hope so. Sounds hot. Epcot Center. <laughs> Let's all go to the Epcot Center. <laughs> when, anytime you want. You let me know. <laughs> What's happening in trophy time this week, Colin? Uh, so I found... Let's see. One, two, three. Six games to go over. Ooh, D. Uh, inside trophies ah. are live. And people are pinging them already. So the game is being played by two people already. I don't know how that's possible. It's up somewhere. It's hidden. They're playing it probably at play to. They're all super obscure. So there's a trophy called pack mentality pull together. Well, first of all, there's one gold, zero silver, and 13 bronze. No platinum. Uh, something's not right down here is murky waters. Unearthing secrets. Field research. The gold trophy is the last one. It comes together. I assume that's for beating it. Mm. Um, office space. Do an elevator pitch. Clockwork. Shadows at noon. So these are super. I have no idea what the fuck these are. Gonna if be. they're like you the, played it on, on. Did you get the achievements on? Xbox? I did. Yeah. And we talked about this uh, when this came up. I forget. Did we talk about this last week? Maybe with Marty. I forget. But that was the whole thing is like, yeah, I think there's the hidden things you find off the beaten path. And when you disconnect them, that gives you the trophy. You assume it's the exact same thing here, but I was reading through them and none of them sounded like the achievements I was picking up, but I believe it. I wonder who this person is. So one of the people that has it is named, it's a British account, RHNVQ252QA7. And look at all the games. Lots of games. But like no trophies. Like it seems like they're just trying, like they just maybe have them or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Like, like there's a shit ton of games in here. Uh, Anyway, that's one of them. No Man's Sky trophies are live. Yeah. Six bronze, eight silver, eight gold, one platinum. Ooh, ooh. So these are pretty understandable in a way, I guess. A lot of them are... So basically, I think actually all of them are attaining certain statuses. And so what I mean by that is attain naturalist status in uploaded discoveries is one of them. Attain entrepreneur mm-hmm. status in most units accrued. Those are bronzes. Attain diplomat status in alien colonist encounters is a silver. I feel like we did this last week, too. Did you? Yeah, with Marty. I wasn't here. I know. So we'll exit that you. out. We're going to exit that out. Did you do Madden NFL 17? No, we did not. 20 bronze, 11 silver, 4 gold, 1 prime. I should probably listen to the show at some point. No, it's just Marty being really, really drunk. That's a shocking thing. (laughs) Now, let's see. Are there any interesting ones? So there doesn't seem to be like the crazy ones that they usually do where it's like use Use Aaron Rodgers and come back from a 14 point deficit with four minutes left in the game or something like that. I don't see any of those. Um Triple crown, record a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery with the same player on any single play mm, mm. is one of them. Uh, gold trophy, draft a team with an OVR greater than 82 in draft champions. Bronzes, make a field goal while iced, um, which is interesting. The trophy's called antifreeze. Icing, of ah. course, for people that don't know, is uh, calling a timeout when the when the kicker... I can't wait. Football's so fucking close. It's really close. Whoa, come now. Did Hard Knock start yet? I don't think so. Um, but I'm way behind on ballers, and that's when I usually catch up on my HBO ads. Anyway, so it doesn't seem to successfully block a punt. Win three tackle battles on defense, etc. Those are silver. There's a game called Bears Can't Drift. Yes, there is. And there's Let's Play Up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Eight bronze, four silver, eight gold, one platinum. He, he was very proud of that. The, de- the developer gave me a shout out when he was like, we got a platinum. Greg. I was like, yeah. Um, so some of the notable ones, Poop Place. You gave it your best, but it wasn't good enough. There's a cart racer, by the way, if you didn't know. 
Ouch. Hit yourself with a mortar strike. Let's see. Catch the pigeon. Unlock the pigeon hat and wear it proudly. <laughs> this is how you do a trophy list. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's so see. You're proud of their trophies. You like their trophies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be easier or attainable, but I like that. I like a little I comedy. Pop- in my I trophies. was popping them. I was popping them when we were doing the let's play. Popping them all off left and right. Pop, pop, pop a Emily wants to play. Here we go. Seven bronze, three silver, one gold. The gold trophy is MLG pizza delivery preserved through five, five a.m. Um, never let them leave as a bronze. Find the recording from the dolls. Oh, that no. was easy. Figure out how to survive until four a.m. You got wrecked. You should have listened as a silver gold as a silver trophy. Rather escape Emily, her dolls and the house as a silver trophy. And finally, brutal with an at symbol. Six bronze, 12 silver, six gold, one platinum. These trophies look like they're attainable. People already have the platinum. It only came out last week, I think. T. Starkey is one of the people with the platinum trophy. No on the list way. Right Trevor Starkey getting the platinum Trevor over Starkey here. Trevor Starkey. I'm going to look at what Trevor Starkey's got going on here. He thinks he's all fancy. He's got 3,287 bronze, 1,037 silver, 247 gold, and 31 platinums. Wait, wait, wait. Does he not have the Lego Dimensions platinum, though? Come on, Trevor. I sent you the green arrow. Limited edition. Well, we played him. He's playing Headlander too. He's he's getting he's going balls deep here. Is he getting too big for his britches? Yeah, I don't. You know what? Zero trophies in Song of the Deep. I don't like that one. But uh, so some of the trophies in Brutal, um, all single player. By the way, every one of them has single player game only in parentheses. Good move on the guys that made Brutal. Um, so it says ABC collect all twenty six basic ASCII. That's a gold trophy. Uh, find and open a secret room is a silver trophy. Craft one weapon from every weapon category in a single game is a silver trophy. Uh, collect and wear a full suit of armor as a bronze trophy, etc. and so on. Seems pretty attainable. Um, I hope to have more on that for you guys next week because I am looking forward to playing that. But everything, me playing Brutal and me playing Hyperlight Drifter is all contingent on how much No Man's Sky pulls me in or it doesn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. contingent on that. That's it for the trophies, Greg. All right. Connor, are you ready to check in with the readers? I'll check in with them. Hello, readers. Vader's gonna vape. Went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to ask a question and says, well, hello there. Colin and Greg. Hello. Longtime listener, first time asker of questions. First, let me start by saying I have mad respect for Colin. I watched some of the live stream you guys did for Last Extra Life, and when Colin named off all the Canadian provinces without the assistance of Google, a little Canadian light of joy shined in my heart. So thanks, Colin, for being that guy. You don't fuck around. I looked at, I look, how did Colin spend his childhood? Looking at maps. Cartographer. Like a nerd. Let's get down to business, though. I've never been to Japan. This September, I will be in Tokyo. From September 10th. Great time to be there. To 18th. Tokyo Game Show is happening while I'm there. I've purchased tickets to the public day. What should I keep an eye out for at TGS PlayStation related? And also, do you guys have any tips or recommendations for the trip? Favorite spots? Drinks? Foods? I'm very excited to finally make the trip to the land of the rising sun and get to check out TGS. is definitely a dream. Thanks for everything you do. I really have mad respect for you good people. Kind of funny. Great people. Great conversations. DJ. Thank you, DJ. That's very nice of you. Um, anything you what do you Yakuza will be there in dude, for PlayStation public day at TGS is a fucking scene man I, I I want you to go in there you probably know this already if you've bought tickets and probably did your research but that point I remember so we stayed at uh down there at um what the fuck is it called the town um, Ma- Makahari. Makari, Makari. and uh, we stayed there I stayed at Tokyo Disney and uh, one of the times I was there and we, and I was so I went on public day. We don't go on public days. We go on media days and then I just stay far away from that. Yeah. Uh, but I we were staying there. I had to take the same train and it was like go. It was like a, a salmon swimming upstream of just thousands of Japanese people. Um, as I was like trying like to get to the train platform. It was like impossible. It just never stopped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And uh, man, it must be it must be tough. What would I keep it? You've been you've done TGS. Yeah. I think what's cool about TGS is a there's merchandise, which is awesome. There's yep. an entire section dedicated to merchandise. That's where I got my people ask, like, where'd you get this? this, this? That's where I got like some of the Mega Man merch I wear. That's where I got that cool Monokuma shirt I got. That's where I, I got I, my uh, you must play the Sega Saturn shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's all sorts of cool stuff like a company like Capcom has their own store and like all. And it's so it's similar in to the way they do it at PAX, but way fucking cooler. Yeah. Way yeah. cooler. Um, if you're into Japanese games, like you get like Spike Chunsoft at a fucking booth. I was like, this is awesome. This yeah, is, like, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Square has an amazing booth. That's where I got. Um, I got fuck. Where did someone break my slime glass? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. That's just you know what? You broke my slime glass yeah. and you never even told me. Yeah, it's because I looked it up on Amazon. And I was going to rebuy you the new one. And then it was I forget you were out of town. That was the thing. I was dusting over there oh, and I moved your I moved your little cocktail tray and it was tucked back there. Like, yeah, being it was held very, up by the wall. I couldn't believe I even got it back. Yeah, it was so brittle. It's OK, but they sell it on Amazon. You, I, I'll buy a new one. So there's just cool things. You just buy a lot of cool things there. Like but, that happened like <laughs> 11 months ago. Oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> because I was like, where? <laughs> Because that was one of the cool things. I'm like, I haven't drank out of that in a long time. I loved that glass. That was a great glass. Uh, So I would say keep an eye on the merch. And then I would say for PlayStation, they have a big presence there. And I think what you're going to find is a lot of cool shit that you're never going to see in the States. And so I would go wait online, play some of those games and kind of eat that all up as well. I mean, yeah, I would say the one thing they're big on photo ops there. The booths are like fucking crazy and there's lines to get in. You get like your photo taken with the booth girls and whatever. Like I remember the Yakuza one that Damon and I did where it's like the giant throne chair and like the two uh, uh, like geishas flanking it or whatever to take a photo with. Uh, So do that in terms of what to do around the city, favorite spots or whatever. We always talk about super potato. You know, you got to go to Akihabara. You got to go buy old games. You got to look at all the cool shit. Akihabara is just an amazing part of town. Uh, You yell that ramen. Yeah, totally. Walk into any random ass place you see for food. Go in there. Totally. You won't know what you're doing. Hopefully there's a machine. Point at the menu, but go in there and like explore and have fun and have new experiences and go fucking try new things because that's what it's all about. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, do a little Korean barbecue there as well. You oh, can yeah. also visit. I mean, not that you're going to get any of these buildings, but you could do a circuit of like looking where PlayStation is and Square Enix's building and all these kind of things. It's kind of cool. You mm-hmm. know, just um, wait outside. If you're, Yoshida walk by. If you're a video me. game fan, it's just cool to see these places. I remember, you know, being kind of staggered. I was like, wow, Square Enix's building is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, not a, not a huge surprise there. Yeah, I, I would agree with all that advice, and and I would say yeah, specifically with Akihabara, which is a must visit. You must yeah, dedicate you at to. least one day. You must to go it. to Akihabara. Uh, at least one full day to it. Leave some room in your luggage, assuming you have disposable income, and since you're going to Canada from Canada to Japan, I assume you do. Leave room in your luggage. Like go with like a half empty bag or an empty bag, and like you're gonna fill that thing up real quick. If yeah. you if you if you are in the gaming merch and old games and all that kind of stuff, oh my god. They're, like That's every awesome. time I go into Super Potato, I'm like putting. I have to put things down. Yeah, there's too much good so stuff. Like, I have like five hundred dollars worth of shit in my hands. I'm like, I can't possibly. Excuse me, excuse there me, has to be a ceiling. I have to stop. I have to stop somewhere. Can't justify it. My tears flow went to kindoffunny.com/psq and says, "Hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. I'm heartbroken. Mm-hmm. My most anticipated game of all time." No Man's Sky is releasing today and I won't be able to play it. About three months ago, my launch PlayStation Four decided to take its last breath. It broke. I thought. I would be all right when my friend offered to lend me his system a month ago. Abruptly, last Sunday, Sunday, he rudely asked for it back. Sunday. Sunday. Now, I'm stuck with no PlayStation, a game I'm dying to play, and my conscience telling me to wait until Neo comes put. I think he means out, but all the same. Mm. Greg, Colin, what should I do? Should I buy a new PlayStation 4 or wait until Neo is released? Please help. P.S. It's hard to love during this hard time in my PlayStation life, but I will make an exception for you guys. XOXO. That's the tough thing about this Neo, and this is why it's so unfortunate. Like, it's stopping people from buying a console. This guy would go out and buy it. Yeah. 
Um, another one, but he can't. Yeah. I, I think it's tough. First of all, why did your friend rudely ask it back? I thought it was pretty nice that he let you. I think have he's joking. I hopefully, hopefully he's joking around. But maybe his friend did just come on and say, like, "Yeah, hey, I need it back, I, Dick. I, I need more information." But, dick cheeseburger. Um, I mean, if I was in his position, there's, there's, I would wait for Neil. But uh, how badly do you want to play No Man's Sky? He can play on PC. If you, if you have, if you have a PC that can play games, and it's not, it doesn't seem like a very intensive game. I mean, yeah. Um, why don't you play it on your PC? It comes out Friday, I think. Friday. 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 Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would say wait. It sucks, but if you, that's a good, a good uh, choice there to go play it on PC to fix it up. But also, I just don't think. I mean, we'll see. But if Neo's Neo is doing the 4K the business, is, now, now you anyway. have to wait a month to just find out what Neo is and when it comes out. Yeah, it's may, a tough uh, wait. I, yeah, maybe you buy the P, if you have some income, maybe you buy the PS4 and then just sell it at a loss later, or you just have it and then it's like a backup console. It seems like you need one. Matt from Omaha, Nebraska, wrote into kind of funny the land of three eleven dot com really mm-hmm. you know, dot com slash PSQ just like you can and says, "Hey, Greg and Colin." Hi. In episode 46, Greg and Marty mentioned that they had heard bad reviews for Resident Evil VR. We're talking about impressions, people getting car sick playing off of it at the events. Specifically, the people were getting very nauseous. Do you think that this is because of bad design, or is it because we, the future consumers, are as not, are not as custom to v- regular VR play? I have to imagine that the devs don't have this problem, or they would make the necessary changes. Thanks for all you guys do. P.S. I love you. Matt from Omaha, Nebraska. No, I think you stumbled on it. This is what we were talking about, I think, in this question, though, is the fact that we all have to relearn to play games. And that's why I think this first year of experiences are so important. You're playing it for 15, 30 minutes. You pop on, you beat these short things and you pop it back off and your brain is relearning how this works and how it feels to move around in VR and do that. And that's my concern for Resident VR is I think it might be ahead of its time in terms of here is a full fledged game. You, you already know Resident Evil. You've played games before. Now play it in VR and you put it on, you get car sick and everybody's going to put it down and be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I, there's going to be a learning curve there, but it's like, it's like when you walk on a boat for the first time, if you're not like a, a, a sailor, you know, you didn't grow up with a boat or you're going to get, you're probably going to get seasick, but the more you get on the boat, you're more acclimated to become to it. You know, yeah. like I, I think it's a similar kind of thing, but yeah, who knows? We're, we're going to find out very soon. Real soon. Real soon. Can't wait. Colin, mm. final question. Mm. It's some life advice. You ready? Cami Sam says, Hey, Colin and Greg, should I bring my console with me when I study abroad? I will be studying in Japan from August to June, but feel that I will miss out on a lot of great new games, Deus Ex, Gears, Mass Effect, Battlefield, etc. during this period. But I understand why bringing my console would not be the greatest idea, as experience the culture should be my main goal. I have a 3DS, but Pokemon Sun and Moon are the only games I'm currently planning on getting. God. What are your thoughts? Thanks, Sam. Yeah, bring your PS4. Bring your fucking console. It's you backwards me? compatible, first of all, so you can play all sorts of weird shit over there. And... Uh, you can just import the games or have someone buy them for you and then send them over to you. So you, it, it, don't experience the cult. The culture's fine. You can go read about it on Wikipedia. You should be playing your. You'd be playing your games. Sam, are you some kind of fucking galvanizing man about town? Where every every waking moment that isn't you're in school or your work, you're gonna fucking be out experiencing the culture. At some point, you gotta just fucking lay in bed and rest for a little bit. And that's when you play your PlayStation Four. And that's when you take the 3DS and you boot it out the fucking window and you go buy a PlayStation. Vita. Oh, you can buy all sorts of cool Vitas over there in yeah. Japan. Uh, yeah, I would bring your console. I mean, that's a long time. You're gonna be gone for like nine months. So I think you're, I think if you don't bring it, you're going to regret it. And if you do bring it, you have the option not to play it, but at least you have the option. I think that's obvious. Yeah. You can also just buy a PS4. Colin, let me introduce you to this week's PS. I love this best friend XOXO. This is of course where you go to kind of funny.com slash forums, put your PSN name up so you can get new friends and friend requests and all the other best friends send you those friends requests and messages and everybody's super happy and everybody loves each other. This one is his PSN name. All right. It's Yanni V 2014. Y-A-N-I-V 2014. He says... 
Hey, Colin and Greg. I've been following you guys since 2014 when I was recovering from some serious depression issues and podcast beyond was the one shining beacon in my dark day that kept me afloat. Thanks for that. Suffice to say, I became pretty much a loner and only played a ton of single player games. I got my first platinum trophy recently, Watch Dogs, and realized I really like hunting down trophies now. However, I gave up on my last platinum trophy, Hunt the Division as a lot of the trophies required multiplayer, and I do not have many friends at all. So please consider a PS I love this best friend shout out for my PSN name, Yanni V 2014 as I would really like to game with more of the Kind of Funny Best Friends. Kind of Funny Best Friends, Yanni V 2014 needs to go platinum the division. I need all agents in the vicinity to friend him and go out and get this goddamn trophy. With your little orange thing, your little, oh, orange, yeah, right. your little orange communicator. There you go. I know, I understand. It's been a while. Uh, Colin, guess who's stopping by? I have no idea. Widelface. Widelface popped up over on the Kind of Funny forums to give you this week's Forgotten PlayStation game. He says, Hello, gentlemen. I have a suggestion for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game, Steamboat Chronicles. No, Steambot Chronicles. Mm. This was a great action RPG developed by Irem. Is that right? I-R-E-M. Irem? Oh, Irem. Irem. For the PS2. I was initially drawn to the game by the beautiful cel-shaded art style and the incredibly deep character customization options, but what kept me playing was the fun, parentheses, though admittedly not very deep, story, unique combat, and plentiful music based on mini-games and side quests. In fact, a major factor in my decision to purchase my first PS3 was the promise of a Steambot Chronicles 2. Of course, sequels canceled back in 2011, and all we got was the crappy PSP spinoff, Steambot Chronicles Battle Tournament. But, I'm still holding out hope that one day this gem will make its way to PlayStation 4 with those sweet, sweet trophies. I don't think so. Thanks for all you guys do. Keep up the amazing work. It's a good, that's a, that's a, that's a deep cut. I I have a soft spot for Iron because they made one of my favorite NES games, which is Kung Fu. Oh, you do love Kung Fu. You talk about the game quite a bit. It's so very easy, but it's so fun to to try to, it's only five stages. You can beat it in like 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but you like, you keep, it keeps getting harder and harder. You fight the bad guy and his Mr. X who stole your girlfriend. Oh no, I don't like that. And uh, you have to fight all these weird minions. There's a guy with like a bee. He's like a beekeeper. You have to sure. fight. And there's a some sort of guy with a like a police officer. You have to fight. And he has like, well, that's just like a nightstick. I don't just want to fight the police. Pretty primitive game, but it's pretty fun. Just listen to the police offer. I'm trying to think of the guy's name in it. It's, uh, at this, you know, it's really not important. Why do you think of that guy's name? Let me tell you about PSN's worst name of the week. This is where you go to kindoffunny.com slash. No, yeah, forums. And you. Submit your bat. Um, come on now. It's been a long day. I was going to say, I've been up since 2.30. I'm functioning just fine. Uh, you submit your bad PlayStation Network username because Shuhei Yoshida won't allow you to change it. And this is your chance to beg for his forgiveness. This one comes from Lufus, Lucifer, but he spells it L-O-U. So his name's probably Lou. So we're going to call him Lou. Lou writes in and says, hey guys, I was 20 when I first got my PS3 and fresh out of boot camp. Thank you for your service. I'd already been playing multiplayer games and had... He doesn't meet boot camp. He means boot camp like the one on Mori, that used to be on like Mori Povich and... And, and oh yeah oh where they're like you, the, the mom's bro- I, look, my son's out of control lose like out of control lose out of control i love that shit man i had already been playing multiplayer games and had an xbox gamer tag so i didn't think my psn name would be so permanent i was having trouble thinking of a good name on the spot while my roommate was watching an old S- was watching old snl skits with will ferrell then it hit me x saigon whore x i added the x's to be edgy i'll be the saigon whore that bit sean connery's nose off it was a good name at the time, but the older I got, the more anxious I am to change it. I am neither Vietnamese nor a whore. So, for the love of God, Shuhei, please let us change our names. Love you guys. Lucifer, a.k.a. X Saigon Whore X. P.S. Paragon is a good game, and I hope to see you guys at PAX West. I mean, you know, people, people are playing Paragon. Yeah. I'm not, but people are. Other people are somewhere in the world. We're not for sure, no. but we'll see you at PAX. I'll see you at PAX West. I'll never see you at PAX West ever. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 47. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Whatever the hell you're doing. Driving your car right now. It's putting down the road. You look over there. There's a bunch of dead possums. Why are so many possums on the side of the road? Why do they all try to cross right a now? A pile of dead possums. Just fucking as high as the elephant's eye. Um, remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there. Subscribe to the YouTube channels. Uh, back the other podcasts. Support all the dumb videos we put up. Remember that it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on podcast services and YouTube around the globe. So go there. Support it and whatever thing you want. Like whatever thing. And leave, leave reviews, matter. leave Do thumbs up, leave comments, write on your Facebook wall about it. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. The M is for music. And you submit your song with a little write-up about it, along with a link for me to download an MP3 to put at the end of our MP3 and a YouTube link so I can annotate at the end of our YouTube video. Mm. Today's song comes from Randy. Mm. Randy wrote in and said, hello, this is probably a long shot. I wanted to say, I'm a big fan of all the content the entire kind of funny family delivers. Thank you all for your continued excellence, parentheses, or garbage truck on fireness. I've been listening to you guys since the IGN days where Colin shot videos telling the internet to calm down. I want to submit my song, Thunder, for my new album, The Blue Kingdom, for singing to Shuhei. Thanks again. P.S. I'm married, but my wife really appreciates Nick's commentary. Parentheses. Oh, he explains that his username is Mr. Metroid. I don't know why I put that in parentheses like that. But Randy is also Mr. Metroid. On Randy, Mr. Metroid, whatever. Same thing. Fucking Jesus Christ, Randy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Thunder from Randy, a.k.a. Mr. Metroid. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Tradesman, grew to a salesman, school grew mod molded to a maven. Flies a raven, even with feet on the pavement. Life's a dog game, I'm just pacing my placement. Far from average, so we chasing amazing. You can keep the mean, we just keep it mean. Creatine, no struggles in tone that muscle. Snicker that hunger to immaculate hustle. Monster truck like an order of doubles. Then wash it down, carib for the troubles. Flip anything, Tony Hawk in the park. Live anywhere, Aquaman with the sharks. Brand everything, Steve Jobs with the marks. Win every game, take the ball in the toss. This is the home court, yeah, we hear that crowd. All they want is for us to tear it up and shut it down. This is the thunder, we weathered the storm in the midst of the noise. Here come the boys. This is the thunder, we weathered the storm in the midst of the noise. Here come the boys, like, what's the scene? 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 We building up that American dream to the clouds from the roots and all in between. So what do you want? What is it that you see? Hunger, pain in the heart, mixed man and machine. So we milking the game, hell, we whipping the cream. 
cutting the slack, yet keeping it lean. This that white Cadillac, black act, lean. In the midst of the grind, still shining pristine. Submanage your myth without a triple beam. And climb that castle without some magic beams. They watch so close as if a magic scene. But no wizards or wands or sparkling dust. Just bobbing and weaving, trying to land that punch. Sweating the stress, shaking off the rust. In the times of crunch, we emerge and clutch. And we live it with honor, just treasure and trust. This is the thunder, we weather the storm. In the midst of the noise, here come the boys. This is the thunder, we weather the storm. In the midst of the noise, here come the boys. Like, what's the scene? 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 What's the scene?